0: So you're listening to Revenge of the Drive-In, the podcast brought to you by Grandma Sophia's Podcast Network. This is the podcast where we talk about two movies randomly selected from a list of over 1,700 and discuss if they make for a good drive-in double feature. This week's movies are two mid-80s classics, if I dare say so. We've got Body oh, yeah. Double, and we've got Ghoulies. And of course, since Ghoulies are involved, I am joined by a special guest.
1: <clears throat> Sorry, Feck, uh, I'm a schlock historian. Sorry, I was downing water when you said that. This is the life of remotely recording podcasts, I guess. No, it's, Anything I'm, can happen. you know, I'm glad that it happened that way. Feck, you are a Ghoulies fan. I'm a Ghoulies super fan. I would okay. wager to, to say that I may be the biggest Ghoulies fan in the world at least the continental united states okay yeah you know you never know
0: about those ghoulies fans out in nigeria <laughs> you, know. you never know they go they go hard in singapore for ghoulies that's they for definitely sure. do now is there like a name for ghoulies fans is there like a ghoul heads kind of name because i feel like there <laughs> should be like the name
1: yeah ghoulie l- heads
0: works kind of thing
1: ghoul gang ghoul gang's pretty good Ghouligans
0: ghouligans that's 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 the best one so far yeah
1: i actually think there's a show called ghouligans but I, I can't is there a show called ghouligans have you heard of have you heard no, the word I before i mean there's some weird shows out there yeah, whenever i go to the gym dr
0: pimple popper is always on tv i need to start going to the gym at a different time i don't know what that is
1: that's a show that they play that at the that is a show apparently it's, i didn't even know they, I, they were playing shows at the gym
0: yeah, well, there's radio, too, but I mean, it's not like the, there's not sound coming from the TV. It's just there's just TVs. like close like captioning, ESPN, TBS, you know, all, all all the main players and Dr. Pimple Popper <laughs> and Full Moon Streaming is on one of the.
1: Wait, is that true? One of the no, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be crazy.
0: Speaking of crazy, Ghoulies is not on Full Moon Streaming.
1: That's weird to me. Well, it's not a Full Moon movie. It is a Charles well, it's, well, it's an produced Empire. movie. Is the first one Empire? I thought the, the second first. Yeah, one was. I, just, I
0: saw Empire in the credits, and, and
1: Empire is the predecessor to Full Moon, right? It's the. I really don't know. There might be some kind of rights issue with something in there. Who but knows? you know
0: who does have ghoulies, right now? Anyways, when we're recording this, HBO Max does. So the Wait, same really, the stra- same streaming service that offers the Sopranos, <laughs> Deadwood. Boardwalk Empire also offers both Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2, not not the third and fourth one,
1: but... If, if Ghoulies is on HBO Max, then there has to be some kind of rights issue. If HBO Max has any full moon movie, something's going on. Well, before we get
0: into the Ghoulies... Let's talk body double, the 1984 film from director Brian De Palma.
1: Now, real quick, you said these were both mid '80s movies. These both came out in 1984 specifically. I thought I thought Ghoulies was '85. You might be right. Actually, I, I looked look up
0: because I read something about like Ghoulies. It was in production before. Yeah, it, it was,
1: Remlins. which I think is crazy. Because
0: this movie, we'll, we'll talk about this when we get to Ghoulies, but Ghoulies comes off as a like a supernatural fantasy horror movie that they, like, rebranded to feature tiny monsters after Gremlins was popular. That's actually not the case, apparently, but that's certainly what it comes off as, at least to me. But it was released after Gremlins, could have in theory still been 84, but it was definitely It
1: actually did release in 84, but it was like, they were like, I guess doing road shows with it or something.
0: I was, yeah, I was going to say they can in
1: 84, maybe. But it came out in...
0: (laughs) Venice International Film Festival, (laughs) Golden Lion winner.
1: It officially came out in 85 in January, early January. So pretty, pretty interesting. So anyways, uh what do you know about director Brian De Palma? Um I've seen like 4 of his movies, I think. Definitely yeah, saw I've seen a decent amount, but you know, even if I
0: didn't see any others, I would watch this movie and be like, "Oh, he's a big Hitchcock fan." Yeah, sure. This so is that's kind definitely of what body of double is. It's it's sort of it's a it's a well-made reimagining of two hitchcock classics like combining the two of them one obviously being rear window the other one is sort of into spoilers so i won't get into it just yet but two of hitchcock's better known movies
1: yeah it's like a psychosexual an even more psychosexual take on (laughs) two hitchcock movies oh yeah yeah because
0: hitchcock for his time was incredibly like (laughs) yeah Pushing the boundaries with sacks and stuff, right. not in the same subtle ways as you know Charles Band, but not or not as subtle as this movie either. <laughs> oh God, yeah, th- yeah, this movie. It's. I mean, I like this movie. I I really do like this movie. Yeah. It's, and I wanted you to be on here not just because of Ghoulies, but there's a couple little Charles Band connections with body devil there's a couple yeah. cameos there's a will, couple which i don't think they're truly cameos because they're mostly unknown actresses at the time
1: yeah it was like right in the beginning and then there's one very easy to miss one very much yeah low. i was i was uh the first time i saw this
0: i was like watching that and i'm like oh wait is that bring stevens and I, had to, I i'm like i think that's her i'm like i could have sworn and i had to look way t- deep down on imdb but she's there it sure is <laughs> and yeah it's a memorable role memorable role and then we got barbara crampton in the very beginning the great barbara crampton featured so far only in cameos on this podcast because we also had puppet master we also did puppet master we're yet to do oh yeah a true barbara crampton role that one at least is is a true cameo. This is just—it's not a cameo. It's just struggling actress, you know, trying to get that big role. Yeah, it's know, like has a, to start somewhere, kind of thing.
1: Less than a minute long sex scene, and then she's out of the movie. Yeah, it's one of the most memorable Barbara Crampton roles, though. It's very, I, very explicit. I guess, yeah,
0: you won't forget it. Anyways, body double opening credits are kind of weird. It's a weird font. It's like a horror font. Yeah, I remember There's thinking that. Like the red that. moving around. It's like bloody. And you're thinking, what is this? You know?
1: Yeah, I didn't really know exactly what the vibe of the movie was going to be. And that whole like first minute was crazy because just because of the font. Uh-huh. And then the very first shot <laughs> it was kind of shocking to me. I didn't know that, that it was going to be anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird, too, because the whole thing is like it, throws you off because it's like oh wait is this a horror movie is and then you're like oh wait is this a vampire
2: movie yeah <laughs> yeah but then, exactly but
0: then it's like no it's just the opening scene is jake scully played mm-hmm. by craig wasson wasson the guy from dream warriors right is, is he he's he's an actor he's a struggling actor very much like barbara crampton at the time who has this role in a vampire film do you think that this
1: guy kind of looks like bill maher oh god
0: yeah i mean it's a spitting image like if i didn't <laughs> see if i hadn't seen a nightmare on elm street 3 i'd be like oh, my, what the hell is bill maher doing in this? Uh, yeah You're that's, like, this that's is weird
1: i thought it was bill maher at first until it's until i looked through the credits and i was like no he's not listed anywhere in here it can't be bill maher but yeah and bill maher
0: w- probably would have looked Younger back then. I've never seen Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death, which is the only yeah Bill he, Mar. 80s that's the movie where he looked like aim. this guy, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's crazy. The it's really really weird. It's it's <laughs> one of the most noteworthy
1: celebrity look alike things that I that certainly that I can think of. Can you imagine if Brian De Palma made a movie with <laughs> Bill Mar as the lead? <laughs> so Jake is
0: an actor in this vampire thing. And he, he panics and he struggles to shoot the scene because of uh, claustrophobia. Right. And this is where you get a bit of a Hitchcock thing. It's it's a little... I actually think this is some of the weakest stuff of the movie when they focus on the claustrophobia just because it, it feels too much like... It's like, oh, yeah, remember
1: Vertigo? Maybe, but... I don't, I'm not going to get into it now, but there's a scene where they use it really, really well, in my opinion.
0: So he goes, he gets home early from work because, you know, he can't shoot the scene. And Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue is like, eh, it's OK, you know, take the rest of the day off. It will also the set catches fire, which that's probably right. the bigger reason to to end filming. Yeah, it was kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so he so he heads home and finds his girlfriend Barbara Crampton sleeping with another guy. Right, and it's a really weird the the way they shoot this scene, the way and the especially the score is really strange. It's kind of off putting the first time you see it. It's like
1: it's also weird because like you're watching this movie. What else is gonna happen? Like you know what I mean? He's walking through that house, hearing her like all the way into the well. Yeah, yeah. like w- what else could possibly happen at the end of this scene? <laughs> Like, But it's just, like, it's kind of a slow scene, but the whole time mm-hmm. you know where it's going to end up. Right. You know, not just because
0: it's Barbara Crampton and she was absolutely gorgeous back then, but, like, I like the reveal of it, too, because it it really kind of tells you how sleazy this movie's going to be. And, yeah. I mean, it's not sleazy in, like, the Charles Band sense. It's, it's, it's a classy kind of sleaze. It's that Brian De Palma, you know, maybe basic instinct would be... A slightly more modern kind of version of it where it's like, this is sort of just an update on the film noir kind of thing. Because film noir, you know, double indemnity, stuff like that, really, again, kind of like Hitchcock, very sexually charged, but Mm -hmm. under that 40s, 50s, Hayes Code, you know, can't swear, can't have sex on screen kind of, you know, background, I guess, or context. And so here in the 80s, like, we're going all out. This, this, a lot. Parts of this movie feel like it's just like a cocaine fever dream. Oh yeah, and I kind of appreciate that. A very particular
1: scene comes to
0: mind. <laughs> but right. Again, and, we'll and, get to is, that. and honestly, I'm going to say most
1: of Ghoulies feels like that. At least. Oh, a bit. absolutely. That that movie in in, in, in a different way, though. <laughs> that movie's almost dreamlike. <laughs> Yeah, no. I yeah, speaking
0: of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 the Dream yeah. Warriors, but yeah, this this Body Double is like the early 30s guy that's been doing cocaine for a while, but every now and then just goes a little too far. Right. And Ghoulies is like a 17-year-old discovering cocaine for the first time. I think is kind of how I would describe those the, the the difference between the movies. That's not inaccurate. I don't think. Now, you know, after this breakup, Jake continues his acting classes. He gets fired from his vampire movie because, again, the claustrophobia gets in the way and eventually... Dennis Franz is just he's having none of it so he fires him and Jake befriends a uh another guy at the acting thing who's um named Sam right and he shares his you know the Barbara Crampton story with Sam and he's like hey you know my girlfriend of a couple years was cheating on me she was receiving head from a severed head held by a a school a university dean right (laughs) <laughs> and, like, what am I going to do? And he's like, okay, you know what? It, it, it's kind of a weird setup, but he's like, here, I have a friend who's out of town. He's out of the country, but he has this gorgeous ultra modern home, and I can let you stay in it. It's weird. It, it, it it's should be like this is just his home.
1: Yeah. There's an extra step there. I know. It is weird. I guess they're, I mean, they kind of explain it, I guess. Not really that part, I guess, specifically.
0: Yeah, I think that, yeah. It gets paid But
1: anyways. <laughs> still, <laughs> it is weird. But this, this is all still just, like, setting up the
0: plot type stuff. We haven't gotten to the plot Right, yet, right, he's, right. He's in this ultra-modern home, which kind of looks like, you know, like a UFO kind of thing. It's like the things at the World's Fair in Men yeah. in Black and sam takes him up there shows him around the place and then you know looks at his watch and he's like oh wait hey hang, hang on this is one of the coolest parts about this home and they look through binoculars <laughs> because there is a very attractive largely naked woman just kind of dancing a little bit yeah. in, in, in you know in the window a, a neighbor from across the street also in in like a mansion type home <laughs> Yeah, and then you're like, then you're like, oh, okay, you were doing like a kind of a rear window thing, a rear window for the right more explicit perverts. You know, there's a lot of implicit pervertness going on in Hitchcock's rear window. This this one was more pretty explicit, explicit with it. not subtle, not not a lot implied in this movie, no. I think. But I, I, you know, in a way, I think that works too. Yeah, I agree. So after a while, Jake kind of becomes obsessed with this woman again. Every night she does this. Every night, you know,
1: set your watch by it. Like clockwork. <laughs> also, the song that they play every time he looks through the Oh yeah. That's 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 awesome.
0: Oh, you know what I, I mentioned the music earlier, but then I kind of forgot to get back to it. But the the music in this movie is composed by Pino Dinaggio, who right. you know, film aficionados will know him for Tourist Trap of course the score for the of david course. schmoller film but he's he's like a very it's an italian name obviously he did a lot of italian movies but he did some big american movies too i couldn't really tell you what off the top of my head i, I really just know this and tourist trap but his score is really interesting but it's also kind of distracting it, on in any particular scene uh well the the scene when bill maher sees barbara barbara crampton <laughs> Cheating on him for one because it's I don't like know. I
1: didn't notice it really in that scene. Yeah,
0: that's the music gets like super dramatic, like <laughs> melodramatic. And, and overall, just like the score is this it's not doing a Bernard Herman, like it doesn't sound like Bernard Herman, but it's not like reanimated that does. kind of like 50s Hollywood type elaborate yeah. score. That's yeah. really what it's going for. And I, I found it kind of a little distracting here and there. It and depends, I think
1: maybe. I think in like the more the the scenes where it's more traditional score where it sa- does sound like you said kind of melodramatic i could see that but scenes like when he's looking through the binoculars and yeah. it's just playing like that kind of weird little groovy song that's like kind of dreamy sound that that that's good
0: oh yeah i i mean i don't i don't think the score is bad i i just think there's a couple moments where and and this isn't all all the score but it's some of it there's a few shots of of jake driving that seem to be intentionally kind of bad looking to like, yeah, I noticed you know. that too. Yeah, I was yeah, like, so, so I think car scenes yeah, don't look, look like this in '84, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. It looks like an episode of Seinfeld.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it just doesn't look right. So Jake develops an, an obsession with this neighbor, and then one day he or one night he notices he sees kind of like some flashing lights, and he's like, "Okay, wait, what's going on?" And this is while the woman's doing her thing, of course, right? And there's this guy dressed as like an electrician working on a telephone pole but is very clearly peeping himself right and this guy we don't see him that well because we mostly see him kind of from the side but he's a very big man Mm -hmm. and he's very ugly (laughs) and he appears to be native american and i'm not saying native americans are ugly of course but like this is a scary looking guy this um I I don't remember the name. Is it Rondo Hatton? Is that the guy's name? I don't do, you, know. do you know who I'm talking who, who about? Who are you talking about? The guy from like the Brute Man from like the those like 40s horror movies. <sighs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Anyways, it was this guy that had like gigantism or, or whatever, and, oh. and he had just like something wrong with his face, so they like damn threw him in a few horror movies. And he, they pay homage to him in uh, The Rocketeer. There's a character kind of like the bad a...
1: guys. Kind of like a Michael Berryman type situation. A little bit like that, yeah. Where you just a kind tiny of fall bit Michael into Berryman. it because of just the way you naturally look. Or uh, who's the guy? Who's the guy in uh, Young Frankenstein? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I was going to say Corey Feldman, Marty
0: Feldman. Right. Yes. 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 So one day jake is driving around his i guess his neighborhood oh and i i don't think we've mentioned this before but this is la this is a very right. la
1: movie it was written it was rewritten to be la though it was originally supposed to be oh, new york okay which and I, then they I figured do out think there's is more weird. perverts in la probably i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know because sometimes it does feel a little new york but it is very la at the same time yeah well i just think like the hills
0: and stuff like the, the, the first of all the well, yeah, house that sure. they
1: found this is like some
0: famous house i don't know if it's on like a registry some kind of registry of like historic places but this is like it a famous might be. House. it's hard to imagine this movie in like a different no i agree than that because
1: it's, it's perfect like the setting works really well it, absolutely yeah, I think that house is near Maholland Drive. It's a it's a very famous house. It's near where
0: uh the, those hobos live behind dumpsters. Mm-hmm. In uh, Exactly what I meant. <laughs> behind the dumpster at the Denny's or whatever. Yeah, that's that's right. Knows the Winkies. <laughs> Winky, yeah, I knew it wasn't actually Denny's. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember. Don't worry, I have the, that's a fictional place, right? I feel like I've seen a video of someone, like, finding
1: that location just to, like. Yeah, that shoot makes a sense. a YouTube video there or something, <laughs> I, I can't remember. It's just, like, a dumpster by an alleyway. Well, specifically the restaurant, but yeah. Well, yeah, but still, you know, what a location. You know, they could have set Friends there if Friends was
0: an L.A. show. They should They should have, Maybe. I mean friends maybe that was like the the main gathering place for the t- TV spinoff, off uh, Joey.
1: <laughs> yeah, no Joey And maybe a that's show. why it got
0: canceled as the is the hobo popped out. But that got 2 seasons and it scared the shit out of everyone. Did it? I thought it got like four episodes. I didn't realize I, that.
1: I think it got to, Maybe I shouldn't have said that. I, I can't confirm that. Let me uh, get a look it <laughs> <up. laughs>
0: I remember I saw one episode of it on a plane back in the days when planes didn't give you the option to choose your own entertainment.
1: You were stuck with with, with the whatever they gave you. <laughs> no, there's there's two seasons. Oh, God, but no. But the, there are unaired episodes. So the, the, okay. But they did do 46 episodes, though. That's a lot. Wait, which one did the hobo pop up in? Um, I think season two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> they went off the
0: air shortly after that. But
1: <laughs> they had to go there. Yeah, anyways, so, so he's,
0: Jake's driving, and he gets stopped because there's like some construction in the road, or I think they're moving like a tree or something. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing something. And he notices the woman leaving her driveway, and then he looks up ahead, and he sees that creepy Native American guy just watching her.
1: So he stalks her all day.
0: Yes, so, so <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so he's being you know the Native American guy, he's being creepy, we don't know what his deal is, yeah, but Jake then it becomes equally creepy, really, and, and because he just follows her the entire day, he follows her to the mall, he watches her when she goes in like the changing room, and yeah. gets a half decent look at what's going on, which yeah, weird, kind of on her for not <laughs> shutting the i mean I, you know i like kind of yeah well well, it's also like who has the changing room a changing room that doesn't have a door that close to the window
1: yeah i guess really it's the store's fault also the lady uh who works at the store who like calls calls security security on him yeah is uh the ghost lady from ghostbusters or she's like the dead you know i'm talking about in the library no wait maybe i I haven't seen Ghostbusters. is she she the blowjob ghost I, I honestly maybe shouldn't have said that. I don't remember enough about Ghostbusters. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's like there's, there's more than one ghost in Ghostbusters, believe it or not. I oh, know. you probably mean Oh, probably Gozer.
0: I think so. Probably so, the main bad guy maybe because I think so. Yeah. Gozer yeah, yeah, yeah. had some kind of weird No, I think Gozer's dubbed, but probably dubbed because the actress had an
1: accent and this actress well, has some kind of
0: foreign accent. Her
1: name is Slavitsa Jovan, so <laughs> I'm going to guess that yeah. So she's Italian. But anyway, just, just a little fun fact, even though I didn't, I couldn't really back it up <laughs> a that A well. fun half-assed fact. Yeah, it was kind of a fact. <laughs> <laughs> the, a fact that you have to look up for yourself. The best kinds of facts. Well, here's my fun fact. She was in Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's there we maybe, go. That's there what we I go. should have said the first time. <laughs> Another 1984 release. Exactly. She was busy that year. She was in two movies. <laughs> for In like, like basically you know, a Feldman, couple scenes. Gremlins,
0: Friday the 13th. Exactly. Big year, big year, huge year. We got Ghoulies winning the Palm Door.
1: Um, I can't think of anything. Oh, oh Chud came out in '84, I think. Chud, Chud, Chud did come out. In <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to mind. So did Transfers. Oh yeah, that's a good arguably movie. Charles
0: Band's best directorial effort, at the very least, his most competent. Right. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean. I, I although I I don't think he directed it, but I'm a huge Transfers two fan. That's one of the best no that one's great too terrible movies it's so amazing
1: also the worst one-liners you've ever seen repo man came out that year i think and children of the corn uh friday well, the terminator
0: the linda Ham- big year for linda
1: hamilton as well yeah you're right <laughs> terminator came out that year. wow big year but it all you know ghoulies overcome it's better than all these other movies we're talking about don't worry. <laughs> coolies te- technically came out in 84 and it's been heralded as the best movie to come out in that year or any year i'm going nightmare on elm street i'm sorry
0: that came out in 84 yeah my loyalties with freddie although i i am more of a jason person than a Freddy, and arguably the best friday the 13th movie came out in 84 but nightmare on elm street it is day. arguable though yeah i think it's four and six those are those are the kind of the consensus <laughs> I, I
1: like five though five is a lot of people hate that one Well, that's maybe my favorite one. It's tied with six. Other than Savage Streets, Five is
0: probably the sleaziest movie I've ever seen, and it's by the director of Savage Streets. So it's like (laughs) Danny Steinman. (laughs) That's true. Knew what he was doing.
1: And, well, but, you know, Friday the 13th 4 has something going for it, and it's called Crispin Glover. And Corey Feldman as well. The the Feldman factor. Also, Silent Night, Deadly Night came out in 84. Oh, my God, yes. And Toxic Avenger. What a year. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah, go.
0: you're right. I know. I'm talking about real movies. You're talking about Toxic Avenger, but probably <laughs> this cop is a good movie. Yeah, Toxic Avenger is. is a real movie. To- it, is, it is in its own way. Toxic Avenger is kind of like a, I don't think it's as good as ba- Basket Case, but it's kind of a Basket Case type thing where it's absolutely perfect for what it's trying to be. Yeah, I could see that. I do. I greatly prefer Basket Case, which unfortunately is not an 84 release, but Yeah, you know, so, we,
1: so we're not allowed to talk about it. Um, <laughs> right. Also, I think Stop Making Sense came out in 84. What a year. Anyways,
0: back to (laughs) stalking this woman at the mall.
1: You're sure you don't want to talk about every movie that came out in 84 instead? Amadeus was the best picture of that year. Of 84? Amadeus is an amazing movie. But that was the best that that one best picture.
0: It was a tightly contested. You know, they it was it was like La La Land. They announced transfers at the Oscars, and people were like, "Oh my god!" And, and Charles Band's up there to accept the award, and they're like, "Wait a second, <laughs> there's a mistake."
2: That would be that
1: would be surreal. Also, wait one last one: The Hills Have Eyes Part Two came out in eighty four. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Wes Craven's worst
0: movie, and that is saying something.
1: It it really. Is.
0: It really is. I I do like Wes Craven a lot. He had some stinkers, and that's probably the worst one.
1: I didn't even finish the Scream series because I really, really didn't like Scream Two. You know, Scream Two is a masterpiece compared to Scream Three. I'm sure it is. I don't I don't doubt it. So, I, I mean, I guess I should get there, but, you know, one of these days. Right, right. <laughs> Too busy rewatching so, Shocker. Oh, Shocker's so good.
0: They're also on HBO Max, at least as of the time <laughs> we're recording this. interesting
1: uh, thing, HBO Max has all these great <laughs> So you can do a Shocker Ghoulies Sopranos triple feature if you want. Sopranos, <laughs> the full run of Sopranos after Shocker. <laughs> You watch Ghoulies, you watch Ghoulies Two, you watch Sopranos in full, and then you finish it off with Shocker. That's the way to do it. That's that's the Dream Festival lineup, right? I there. agree. So anyway, stalking this one at the mall. So he takes her panties out of the garbage, which yeah, I didn't need that. He, we, no you one know. needed that, but no one needed that. <laughs> it, and it You know, it's all it's it's in line with everything else he did that day.
2: It is.
0: It absolutely is. Yeah. This this. Even though he's our protagonist and we're following him, you Bit know we're, we're not—we don't feel good about him at this point. No, certainly, I'm sure some people do. <laughs> when Harvey Weinstein watches it, he's like, oh, exactly. this is this is this is my every, <laughs> so true every to name. life. This is my Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> this is my Jimmy Stewart." Yeah, I'm sure that's what he said. So he eventually follows her down to the beach, and here she—this is when it gets weird. He overhears her on the phone. And then he eventually finally confronts her on the sand, like on the
1: actual beach part of the beach. I loved this exchange where he says, someone's following you. And then she's like, I know. And he's like, well, well, it's not me. Yeah, (laughs) it's It's good.
0: And they're finally talking and it's like, oh, God, thank God. I'm like this interaction has been so weird. Maybe there's a way we can clean it up and make it less weird. (laughs) And then I guess the relationship, the interaction doesn't get any less, any more weird, but the movie gets weirder because out of nowhere, the Native American comes and just takes her purse and goes running right and then we, then uh, he Bill chases, chases him, after him right into a tunnel and this i'm assuming is the scene you were talking about earlier the kind of the no this isn't the one I'm no talking it's not about. okay because I, I i for me this didn't work because he's chasing him there's and one then, that i'm like, saying all of a sudden
1: i, I think did work though there, there's a scene that happens later okay. that i, that I think is related one. to the claustrophobia that i think did work really well but yeah he's running after him he's chasing
0: after him and then the claustrophobia hits because they're in this tunnel, and this is where the music
1: is is kind of overpowering. It's like
0: too yeah. Big, I can get what you strong. mean with
1: that, and I get what you mean with the claustrophobia in this scene in particular. But I do. I I mean, I liked this scene.
0: I do overall, and then I mean, and then we've got kind of a Dutch angle because we're following his point of view as he's like frozen against the side of the wall and we see the native american guy take something out of the purse we don't really know what and then he just kind of looks at him in a knowing way like he understands why he's reacting this way to the enclosed space and, and that he, yeah, almost like this guy knew that he had claustrophobia and that's why he
1: ran down. I table. know. That was a, cl- a crazy just series of shots of, the, of that guy oh, yeah. taking something and then just the way he was acting and like jumping up and down and running. <laughs> it was wild. Oh yeah, and
0: then uh, the guy, he does, lets out this like animalistic scream. Yeah, it was really it's creepy he went all the way with that one that was wild and so what are you thinking at this point in the movie especially when now the lady comes up to him thanks him and then they start making out aggressively what what, what are what's going on in your little feck brain i was i was point?
1: thinking this sure ain't mission impossible is that it's another brian de palma movie Oh,
0: that's right. I forgot he did the first one. Yeah, that's a really random movie for him to do, to have done. I forgot about that.
1: But what I was actually thinking was weird, that they are basically about to bang on this beach after she acknowledges that he's been stalking her all day. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. This is very, like... And, and there's visual clues, too. It's like, is this... Even really happening because right. the camera is going around them, and it, it—it was another thing. At first, I'm like, "Ooh, that's a weird shot. Like, why are they trying to make this look like like a '50s thing?" Because it, visually, it looks like the scene where Jimmy Stewart and Kim Novak kiss in Vertigo. I think yeah. in in on uh on a beach, you know, on the bay there too. And it's like it—it it looks like that because it's like a green screen. Right, And I'm like, ooh, why, why are we doing that for this shot? But then the camera spins around, or rather the screens, but it becomes this crazy shot. And it's like, oh, is this even really happening? Is this like his imagination? What's going on? Like, mm-hmm. what, is, you know, what is this? What is this movie? You it's know? very it's, dreamlike. It's
1: kind of, yeah. Yeah, I will say for most of this movie, even, like, really deep into the plot, like, I'll say even with within the first, like, last 20-minute stretch of this movie, I was still thinking, I don't know where this is going, like, at all. Okay, yeah. Like, even close to the end, I was still, like, this could go a million different ways. I don't know what this is leading to.
0: Okay, see, I want to say... At this point, the first time I saw it, at this point or maybe even a little earlier, I kind of figured the parts of the movie out at least because they were hammering the Vertigo stuff in so hard with the claustrophobia and things like that. I kind of figured it out from there. And if you're super familiar with Vertigo... You know, yeah. one of the greatest films of all time, right up there with Ghoulies
1: Three and Doctor Alien. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> I mean, Hitchcock's pretty good, but Ghoulies level, I don't know. Like the the if you're if you've seen Vertigo,
0: yeah, you know that they're doing a lot of Vertigo type things again. This shot, yeah, is, but there starts was just, out like a Vertigo. I don't thing. know.
1: There were so many twists and turns with like not just okay. like just with like what was happening in the movie there were just stretches of the movie that felt completely separated from okay. other stretches you know what i mean
0: like the music video we have a full music video in this well, film
1: that is a part of it but just that whole stretch with melanie griffith feels like a different you know i what mean will, it, yeah the, it,
0: the movie takes a turn yeah
1: basically. yeah exactly we'll
0: have to get into melanie griffith just like bill maher
1: I'm glad you're doing this Bill Maher thing, because I'm going to do the same thing in Ghoulies, but with a different <laughs> a different name. Is
0: it with Morrissey? Because that's what I want to call that guy. No, game.
1: no, no. It's it's something else. Okay.
0: Well, Morrissey is in Ghoulies, folks. That's true. For, th- for those of you Smiths fans out there.
1: Yeah, you guys got to see it.
0: It's Morrissey's best work. Anyways, so later that night, Bill Maher is at home, and he's trying to call this woman. and I don't even remember her saying her name, but at this point, he knows her name. And it's Gloria. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't. Yeah, know I, I don't. I don't remember when the name is introduced, but when he's on the phone, he's like trying to. It's like a swingers bit where he's like trying to think of like the message to leave her. He's like, hey, right. you know, I I really love that we almost fucked on that beach. Like we should yeah. do this again. So he, I think he actually does say that. That's line exactly what he says. Like I think. Yeah. As he's doing this, he's still, like, watching her, which is really, this is, if we liked him before, which I don't know why you would have, like, this is maybe when it's creepiest, is that, like, even after he's met her, he continues to be a creepy peeper. But at this point, she's arriving home, she's being brought home by, like, the police, right? and they're letting her in, and once she's in, the police leave, and then he notices something going on upstairs, and it's the Native American with. A, a giant a drill. giant drill <laughs> a really long drill a d- long drill that unfortunately is not shaped like a guitar no this could have been oh, this God. could have gone full I wish. slumber party massacre 2 i love they that didn't scene. go that route <laughs> probably for the best if we're, if we're being honest that was not a 1984 film unfortunately so we can't talk about it but no it's an but amazing movie.
1: but it, it is great my <laughs> opinion <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of the most baffling
1: decisions in movie history are made in. I know, but you, I loved every single one of them. No, I know, I the know. Living that's why chicken, the living chicken, the exploding pimple, just the music video murder. Oh, I forgot stuff. about
0: the. Yeah, there's a Doctor Pimple Popper connection with that one. That's yeah,
1: right. I kind pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Doctor Pimple Popper looks like or is, but I assume he's a pimple popper. So it's got to be. Pretty I think pleasant.
0: it's a she. So are you being? Why? Why are you assuming this? medical doctor. I thought you man. said
1: he earlier. Maybe I misheard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe
1: I did. I, I don't think I did, but maybe I did.
0: <laughs> what do I know? Well, anyways, the Native American is upstairs. He's got... So there's there's a safe. There's a safe in the wall that she keeps some jewelry in. And it appears that that's what he's trying to break into. Right. And, and then he, when Bill Maher notices this, he he's like, oh my God, I, you know, he calls the police. And then when she when gloria goes upstairs he calls her he's trying to warn her but right when she picks up the phone he's like look out he's right behind you because you're right then he starts strangling her with the phone cord
1: now this scene this whole scene where he's like attacking her because she keeps like kind of surviving like managing to get away i Uh thought it was gonna end up very differently
0: This could easily become another Hitchcock movie, Dial M for Murder.
1: Well, I just thought like in a lot of movies when someone is about to get murdered and they like manage to save themselves, that usually means that they'll get away. But in this case, that wasn't, what happened?
0: Well, you know, we we did last time you and I talked. We talked about Grizzly, which was a scene where Richard Dreyfuss got buried after being attacked by a bear and was still alive, but then just got eaten ten yeah. seconds later. So it's like, no, I mean, you know, makes, you're right.
1: It it does happen sometimes. They can go either way. Yeah, but you know, but but it happens to her like two or three times in this scene she manages to like escape yeah and then it's she still doesn't make it out
0: yeah you know? this scene is so freaking tense
1: though i love it is crazy
0: scene. yeah i agree because all this is happening it's it's fantastically edited mm-hmm. it's we we get a lot of shots you know from his home and then we got a lot of shots in her home right and then you know Jake runs outside. He finds some joggers and he's trying to get them to help him. He's sprinting to their house. He breaks in, gets attacked by their dog. A, I think that's a white German Shepherd. But it great starts... dog,
1: great great dog actor.
0: Yes uh it almost you know rips off his arm
1: that was, that was crazy yeah
0: and oh my god and as this is happening upstairs he had been choking her but then she knocked him out or something you know right did did something to sort of knock him to the ground yeah
1: it's stuff like that that made me think that she was gonna get away
0: <laughs> right but then eventually i mean it's it you know it's the it's the checkoff's gun you you have the drill you have to use i it, know. you know and do you did you know that that's why it was so long? No, I wasn't thinking about that, but oh my god, that's a fantastic visual when you see that. Exactly,
1: yeah. They, they, it wasn't originally supposed to be as big of a drill. Like they had, a yeah, because it go- is
0: comically. It's, yeah. it's like way too big. <laughs> it looks silly. That's why it reminds me of the Slumber Party Massacre too. It's just like yeah. no one would have a drill like that, <laughs> but unless they're playing guitar like,
2: with
1: it. De Palma was like, if it's gonna go through the floor, it's gonna have to be big enough to
0: go through the floor. It's insane stuff. Because it's a great shot because it's when Bill Maher is downstairs being attacked by the dog. Right. He's on the ground. The camera is near his, you know, by his ear looking up at the ceiling. And meanwhile, the drill is coming through the ceiling from the floor above. And there's just blood everywhere. And oh my god, it's just
1: devastating. Right. It's so great. But I think that that dog killed killed her basically. Well. In a way. He would have got up there. If the dog didn't stop Yeah,
0: him. but, I mean, you know, who, who's at fault in Friday the 13th Part 6? Is it Jason or is it Tommy? It would part. Everything. Tommy resurrects Jason in that movie. Yeah, you're right.
1: Well, he doesn't do it on purpose, though.
0: <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's, like, questions like this. Like, you know, can, you can blame yeah. a couple people, maybe, but... Yeah, you can. So... He does get upstairs, and he, he when he's upstairs, Native American guy is still there, and he right. just kind of hides and then gets away as Bill Maher is hovering by the body. Right. Then we cut to the police investigation. They're questioning Jake, of course, because he's a creepy pervert. Of course. Which they, you know, they call him out for that. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, okay, what's your deal? You're peeping on her? You've got her panties in your pocket, like yeah, what, he's, what is w-
1: wrong with you? How much time has passed, by the way, since he took those panties? Is it the same day? This, yeah, it's the same night because
0: it, because it was um, in that phone message that he was leaving. I think he said earlier today or this afternoon when he was referring to them almost having sex on the beach.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes sense. You think that he so would have taken same, those? Yeah, out yeah of no, because
0: he's he, you know he he had time to change. Pants. He would have had time to change pants, hopefully, yeah. in between.
1: Maybe not. He's an out-of-work actor. He's got nothing going on in his life. I know, but he was also jogging on the beach, and he was, like, sweating out of breath. I mean... That's true. I'd That's go true. home he and shower. should have showered. He should have. <laughs>
0: but he didn't want to miss Dancing no, Gloria He didn't want dancing to
1: miss the clockwork show.
0: The cops, you know, think he may or may not be a suspect, but they're, they're also thinking, like, okay, well, you know, it's, what about Gloria's husband? And Gloria did mention a husband to him earlier when she was when she was like, "Hey, you've been following me. Like, did my husband hire you or something?" Right. So we did know there was a husband, but we haven't met him. We don't know anything about him. And yeah, for all we know, the husband is involved. But you know, Jake's talking about the big scary native american man right and they obviously that's not a real lead they can they can really the <sighs> cops can really follow up on they're like okay <laughs> you know we'll, we'll see what we can do but this is kind of a weird story right So from then on, Jake slips into basically just a porn addicted depression at this point.
1: Yeah, it, I don't know, this whole transition here, like to this section of the movie, I I didn't, I didn't quite get it. It gave me like a little bit of whiplash at first.
0: This, this to me, again, is very vertigo though.
1: No, I agree, but still.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he spends all of his night and day in his rotating Austin Powers bed. Well, I mean, if you got a rotating
1: bed, you got to use it
0: well you can't watch your porn on tv if the bed's rotating though you, you can see for it every... like
1: every couple seconds yeah exactly that's what i mean but but he's also
0: he's so he's watching this like i, I don't know if it's porn or like a promo for a porn if it it's looked like, like, a, like late, a promo t- it looked like kind of
1: yeah like a it almost looked like maybe a mini documentary about it the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) a dvd feature back in it was really weird kind of thing yeah and that's when we're introduced to melanie griffith melanie griffith
0: as holly body you might know her from roar oh that's right yeah she's in roar she almost gets murdered by seven thousand lions in that movie she sure does (laughs) and then this is also we see brink stevens in this uh Mm -hmm. porn trailer it's a trailer for what holly does hollywood i think or something like that yeah it's holly does hollywood holly does hollywood yeah okay and then she kisses brink stevens at one point in in brink stevens has like a distinctive look about her she's got like distinctive eyebrows you can get and i'm like watching that it's like oh it's brink stevens right from you know another movie with a driller killer
1: the Silver Party Massacre, of, not of the course. second one.
0: Not the second one, unfortunately. What else so. is she in? She's in uh, Sorority Babes and Slimeball ball Ball-A-Rama. She's in She's Sorority in...
1: Babes. Isn't she in
0: Spinal Tap? Am I wrong about that? Not that I remember. I know Billy Crystal's in Spinal Tap.
1: She's in Savage Streets, too. You were talking about that earlier. Is she? I don't remember her in that. I'm pretty sure she is. Linnea she, Quigley's in it. I know, Yeah. I think she's one of those people I don't who's... I think she's in Savage Streets. I think she is, though. I think you're full of it. I don't think... She's in... Um, <laughs> I think you gotta look it up. She's
0: in, she's in Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity with Elizabeth Caton. <laughs> she's in Savage Streets, i the, the first film I watched on the Full Moon streaming app, I believe. And she's in Psycho 3. Is she? In I Nightmare probably Sisters. haven't seen that movie since I've known who she
1: is. She's in so Jacko. She's in Munchie. Elizabeth, no, Elizabeth Caton's in Psycho 3. Uh, is she? I don't remember her being in that.
0: No, 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 it's not. It's Juliet Cummins. Never mind. The one from Friday the 13th, 5 not Seven, and she's in Slumber Party Massacre 2 again. She's she's the one that g- gets killed in, I think, the phone booth. In Psycho
1: oh, 3. yeah, that makes sense.
0: I don't remember, Brink, I we, I mentioned of the big three, you know, the, the big three Scream Queens. Yeah. Brink-Stevens probably always been my least favorite. She's just the... Well,
1: it shows. You don't I'm know any of the movies she's in. She's the
0: least attractive of the three to me. Uh-huh. She's probably the best actress of the three, though. I'll give her that. And not that we see her doing much acting in this movie. I'm just throwing that out there to give her yeah, some Yeah, but
1: you, you do. In Savage Streets and Psycho Three, <laughs> I, I and I and don't Jacko, you. I don't Munchie. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's in Replicator. I think she's in Replicator. Oh well,
2: of course. If and we're she, talking
1: about the classic roles. Sure. Uh, Horror Vision. Oh, she's in Trophy Heads. I mean, you know, I'm Trophy? I'm familiar Heads?
0: with it. Never seen it. Horror Vision. Is that different from Terror Vision?
1: It is. It's a full moon movie. Yeah, I thought Terror Vision was too, but whatever. <laughs> Everything's a full moon movie. I, I think you got to look it up. She's in those movies. I'm pretty sure. Audience, do the work. <laughs>
0: <And> listeners. <laughs> This is another fun fact. It's a fact that you have to look up if you're listening
1: at home. Yeah, here here's a list of movies that you don't believe she's in, that I think she's in. Psycho 3, Savage Streets. Yeah. Do you believe she's in Jacko? And Munchie? I believe she should be in Jacko. I don't... F-
0: remember her in it i know linnea's in that one obviously
1: she she is well that that's at least four
0: then or three scream queen hot tub party she's probably in that i've never seen that i would
1: assume she's in that but i've never seen it I,
0: I don't even know what that is i've just seen the oh she's in nightmare sisters of course the horniest adaptation of don't worry i mentioned nightmare, nightmare sisters
1: probably in a 1313 movie or something
0: well she, she's probably credited in a 1313 movie and she might have a voice part of like a one line or something yeah. but yeah
1: i mean it wouldn't be surprised and she was supposed to be in *Sorority Babes* too. She's supposed to direct it. She's was she was supposed was to, to co-direct it. Yeah, but that's Brink, someone who's not really in this movie's and like a cameo, but. Got, we got a lot of air But time. It's, a
0: memorable, it's a memorable thing. If I agree. If you're like a I big agree. horror fan, you know, it's like, oh, bring Stevens in this, oh, Barbara Crampton has a nude scene. Like, oh, damn, also, you it's... don't
1: believe that she's in Spinal Tap. <laughs> so that's another one. Oh, yeah. That, that might be the one I least believe. <laughs> I, I could swear she's in S- Spinal Tap. Spinal <laughs> <laughs> Tap. Who is she? Is she, like, in the background
0: somewhere? That's another 1984 movie, by the way. Yeah, it is. So is Savage Streets. Yeah, that's right. We didn't mention Savage Streets. Big year. I I bet mine are right. (laughs) i'm
1: pretty sure man. i'm betting at most you have one of them right all right so just to be clear spinal tap psycho three savage streets jacko no see i'm not i'm not betting on jacko
0: jack okay what, do, not part what about munchie not munchie
1: i've seen munchie
0: i i don't really remember it all right well then so I'm, gonna I'm not bet betting on munchie
1: at least on psycho three betting. savage streets and spinal tap i'm gonna say at most one of those is correct <laughs>
0: we'll check this out after we we, uh you might be right all right so anyways jake is enthralled not by brink stevens but by holly body played by melanie griffith in a very very nude role right which is kind of a surprising role for like a Melanie Griffith is an A-lister at this point, right? She's like famous. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Melanie Griffith is like one of those people. Like, I don't really know what she's famous for, but like, yeah. I knew she was a big name.
1: Every time I see her in a movie, it's like a weird movie for her. I feel like okay. <laughs> just like Savage Streets and Bring Stevens right okay, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly cuz i i'm thinking like i've seen i've only seen her in like this roar and like Cecil B demented well this is the melanie griffith portion of the film if you're a
0: melanie yeah. griffith fan you're going to enjoy the next 20 30 <laughs> minutes because oh yeah we are this movie is like now for a couple of scenes about Holly body it's kind of out of nowhere kind of not But the reason Jake is, you know, enthralled by this isn't because she looks like the woman from Necropolis. (laughs) You're right. She does. She does. She looks exactly like she's got the same haircut. She's got four fewer boobs, though.
1: Uh, Yeah, but Or maybe six fewer. I don't remember how
0: many she had in Necropolis. I
1: think she has six.
0: I I, I remember it it ended up looking more like udders. Oh, yeah. I think they went a little too far. I think you got to go total recall if you're going to do the extra boob thing (laughs) and and keep it simple.
1: But what a film. (laughs) total recall or necropolis (laughs) necropolis (laughs) come on which one do you think i'm talking about specifically? i mean total recall is an incredible film too yeah but you know is it schlocky enough come on
0: i mean she is attractive and she's very very naked of course right because this is like we don't see anything obviously hardcore or anything but this like sells the idea really well of like that this feels this this stuff that we're seeing feels like an eighties like what eighties porn probably was. Like it feels right. very authentic. But he notices specifically that her like naked dancing in the mirror is the is same. exactly the dancing that Gloria had done.
1: This is a this is an aha moment.
0: And from there, then we get to probably the weirdest stretch of this movie where <laughs> I would Bill Mar so. is auditioning to, to for for porn for this porn company. Of course, yeah. you remember he is an actor this is this is not as humorous a scene as you know the vice academy porn audition scene well that wasn't an audition so much as an interview where linnea talks about how she won't make it with any zoo animals or whatever right so but he specifically goes to the company that distributes holly does hollywood well first he goes to a video store and checks out the movie of course because you know he's got a creepy pervert i like the little like 80s video because i always heard of like the oh yeah they've got a secret back room thing like you always hear those stories and it's like okay i like that we're seeing it and i like he's not even like subtle he just goes right up to the desk clerk and is like hey do you have holly does hollywood and he's like oh yeah sure let me take you to it's like oh i thought thought there was going to be you know some more like a code word or something for this kind of thing but whatever so he auditions and then the scene where i guess he gets the job it's it's a really weird scene because it is the full music video and i know you're a fan of when movies just take a break and show off a music video i love it but this is a music video that's also part of the plot it's very strange yeah because he's he's walking with this one guy through like this big like you know to quote alan Partridge, sex festival like it's just this like (laughs) party it's not like an orgy but there's like people dancing and not wearing a lot of clothes and there's like bdsm stuff everywhere and it's a sex festival i don't know how else to describe it
1: that's the perfect way to describe it
0: and he's walking there and he's walking with this one guy and relaxed by frankie goes to hollywood starts playing and this other guy this like he's mouthing it (laughs) you know he's not in and i'm thinking like oh so so the song is what's what's that is it diegetic or is that non-diegetic i can't remember um i I I,
1: I would guess it's non-diegetic in this case right
0: because it's just playing right the song is playing in this scene Mm -hmm. but i i was just saying I, i i forget which is which
1: but like diegetic would mean if it was like playing in the radio or something or you know like it I guess I don't know, I really don't know.
0: <laughs> then I think it is die then it is diegetic, I think, because I it's suppose like, so. So and then you're thinking like, Oh, is he shooting a music video? What is this? I guess this is the movie that this song came from. I um I knew it came from a movie. I didn't know that at all. Because my dad, when I was younger, bought a CD of, like, 80s movie hits mm-hmm. songs, and they had, like, I'm Alright from Caddyshack, they had, you know, the St. Louis um, fire theme, Man in Motion, and they had this song, and, and it was, like, it would say, like, the the song, the artist, and then the, the movie, I had never heard of Body Double as a movie, and I don't think my dad had. So we see, like, it, okay, relax frankie goes to hollywood body double and like did they make a mistake is the movie frankie goes to hollywood because that's such a weird band name yeah it so, so i really thought there was like a typo on that cd <laughs> <laughs> it, it does sound like a movie title but birmingham based frankie goes to hollywood a british band british sort of new wavy kind of right yeah i don't know they see they it's They're a pretty very australian wave. sounding song to me i don't know if that'll make sense to anybody but there's a, there's an in excess quality a little bit to the song. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a very fun song. It gets you pumped. It's
1: oddly works very well for the scene. Yeah, it does. I agree. It's, but it's just I was just so confused though by like what was even happening.
0: Oh yeah, no, the scene itself is confusing, but the like song goes with the images so yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. And then it's also like hearing because I had heard this song dozens of times before I had ever seen this movie, and then I'm watching this movie and I'm seeing it in the context of the sex festival, and I'm like, oh, so the when you want a come line. Yeah, like has a different meaning yeah, <laughs> in this context like I'm like I'm surprised they let that on the radio now that I've seen this movie, you it, know.
1: It, it that's exactly what I thought <laughs> when I was watching Yeah, it. it's crazy. Yeah, I, I had never I didn't know this was from a movie. I just even even you saying it just now I didn't know that. I, I, get, just I guess I don't it know in if it was
0: composed here. originally for the movie. Well, but
1: even still that it still I didn't know that.
0: so we've got this music video scene and then we're not really clear that this is like part of the porn until we transition he's in the bathroom it's it's all i think it's all in i don't even one shot there is a long though, take in here.
1: even if even it being part of the porn is confusing to me
0: yes and, <laughs> and then this goes back to what i was talking about with the passionate making out on the beach there's a lot of like i'm not sure how much of this isn't is in his maybe not in his head but like how much of this is supposed to feel realistic right how much of this is supposed to just be i don't it's surreal is Far too strong a word, but just like it, this. it kind of is though. But it's it's kind of like a um, sort of like a uh, I would compare it maybe to like something like Blue Velvet, where there's this yeah picturesque sunny town where people on fire trucks are waving, but then there's this deep dark underground <laughs> yeah thing where just like everyone's nasty and disgusting. It is kind of like and Jack that. Nance is there, just like in Ghoulies.
1: Oh, yeah, hey, and... so we can't get into Ghoulies yet, but Jack Nance.
0: Oh, and I we well we can't get into Blue. Velvet either because it's 86 but that's so true it,
1: this is kind of like that where like this this
0: like porn bdsm world is like it's presented as just like another world but as as like an even seedier part of like los angeles so, like i don't know how much of it is you know literal i guess but it's just this like for him it's another
1: world yeah that's true i don't know i just even still like, i just really don't get <laughs> what this porn is because, like, the whole first part of it is just someone mouthing lyrics to him.
0: Yeah, well, that that's why I, th- I think, like, yeah, is the... Maybe the guy mouthing lyrics, the, that whole thing, I think that's the part that's, like, is... That's your, like alice in wonderland i see so it's like or we're not in kansas anymore type that's like that whole scene that where we see the all the bdsm stuff that stuff isn't necessarily what's happening and then he goes into the bathroom yeah i guess that makes sense shows up again for a second and then he sees holly in the mirror and then it kind of like comes back to him that like this is where he actually is so i think like that everything is like again going back to like the cocaine fever dream because this is the scene this is the scene where it really feels like that
1: yeah i agree i mean yeah this is definitely the scene <laughs> that i was thinking of when i said yeah it was just i, I cocaine it was. <laughs> this, is, this
0: is the i think probably the best scene of the movie in in a lot of ways yeah
1: it's, it's just it's just so nuts
0: some of the best use of music i've seen since roy
1: orbison in blue velvet you know to, to well don't forget about the club scum scene in hobgoblins <laughs> And they play that whole music video, basically. They just do a whole live I performance. I mean, well,
0: the Dr. Alien, I, I mean, if we're talking Schloss. That, that one's I'm even better. Dr.
1: Alien music video over. I, like I that. love that one. That whole scene is great. But anyways,
0: he's he's with Holly. And they have this scene that, again, we're not sure that this is a scene yet until the camera, after they're making out and right. doing things the camera then goes further back and we see that okay they are in front of a camera we haven't seen that yet
1: and not only that but when they're making out uh they keep interspersing clips of him making out with uh gloria was that her name her name was Gloria, right g-l-o-r-i-a yeah, thank you thank you patty smith or <laughs> whoever van morrison yeah, van morrison <laughs> But yeah, so that that that's also happening, which just adds another layer to it.
0: This is the Vertigo thing where he runs into, off the top of my head, I don't remember the name of either character in Vertigo. They're both played, of course, by Kim Novak. But uh-huh. after the first Kim Novak dies, he runs into a woman that reminds her of him right. and comes obsessed with her and, you know, imagines that when he's with her, that he's with the other one. And so obviously we're doing that.
1: Yeah, exa- it's pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> Very, yeah, very, at very this somewhere. at this
0: point, we're we're the rear window stuff is done. Yes. We're in this is we're in full vertigo mode. Exactly, rear, rear window was like the setup. He eventually takes Gloria out for drinks, right? And then this is it made me kind of like w- did how much of that scene that we saw was real because they're not talking to each other as if they had just acted in a scene together yeah because he's posing as a producer yeah which i didn't
1: get that i i was just confused at this point
0: yeah it's a little it's a little weird like i get um, his this plan is also like
1: after a little bit but like it yes, still yeah, just yeah. was i i didn't get it when it was happening i guess
0: no i i understand that but this is also coming out of his you know weird depression yeah. porn addict phase of his life so it's like it makes sense that things aren't right. exactly flowing in a in a in maybe the most logical way to the viewer i guess yeah but, you know they're, they're out for drinks and he says hey i've got this part for you and then she's like okay here's here's what i don't do and she lists a bunch of things and
1: it, it reminded me of the scene from vice academy <laughs> Yes, <Yeah. laughs> a little a tiny bit <laughs> she says a lot of the same things
0: right he then takes her to some kind of social function which this is confusing because they go right up to his place and it's like what is this little social gathering in his building because yeah. his building is just like a tower right but he runs into like a friend of his who's also an aspiring actor yeah this this is a funny scene because gloria doesn't know that he's gloria thinks he's an actual producer doesn't realize that he's faking it You know, a wannabe Hollywood actor, mainstream, non-pornographic actor. Yeah. So (laughs) Gloria starts talking to this other woman and and it's giving her suggestions of like, you know, how to get a big break. And she's like, hey, I know this producer who he's got this great part. You'd probably be good at it, but just be sure to do all these, these things. And and then it's like, you don't mind working with women. (laughs) Yeah. And she's just like, no, (laughs) (laughs) like, why would I? And then at the end, she's like, oh, and by the way, what's the, um, what's the movie about? And then, or and I, I think I said Gloria earlier, but excuse me, Holly is like, Haha, we need more people with senses of humor like you in the business. Yeah, or something.
1: That, what what a scene!
0: It's a it's a fun scene. Yeah. It so, anyways, is. they're upstairs now in his bedroom apartment, which I guess technically it's like a studio home. It's
1: like a super house, basically.
0: You know, it, it starts getting a little weird because he he's trying to get her to like look at. <laughs> Gloria's building and is trying to get her to admit that hey that was actually you up there right yeah I recognize the dancing
1: he drops the producer bit immediately yes he does yeah like as soon as she comes over
0: yeah and i gotta say this is in some ways the least creepy he's been all movie right because he gets this gorgeous blonde yeah woman up to his home and he's not trying to have sex with her it's like oh we've come a long way but then he's yeah. still being super creepy too of course <laughs> because he's being a little you know, he's being pushy and he's wanting to her to explain everything to him because because he's like he eventually gets her to admit it though he's like that's you and then he's like someone Hired you and they knew I'd be watching. Right. He's like, What was this job? Who hired you? And she's like, I don't know anything about the guy who hired me. He just hired me and he said he had, you know, a pervert buddy who would be watching and this was for him. And she's like, I now know that's you. You pervert. Let me go. Right. But then he gets a phone call from Sam. Sam, who we haven't mentioned in a long time. Sam was the actor pal right from the very beginning was he even an actor i mean he kind of met him he was like i don't think he was really
1: yeah i mean like i don't think he was successful but he was like posing right. as an actor or like as another wannabe actor basically i think yeah
0: so in the, the he's sam's the guy that got him this gorgeous home right to live in rent
1: free <laughs> <laughs> be- yeah, because
0: Barbara Crampton
1: broke up with them. Kind of would have thought that would have been a little bit suspicious from the get go. He <laughs> could just stay in this. Yeah,
0: history. you kind of in hindsight, it's like, well, not even in hindsight. Even. Yeah, <laughs> this is, this seems if it seems too good to be true, it's right. like, probably this is some kind of catch. And then you throw in the naked neighbor on top
1: of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like, okay, like yeah, come on, something's,
0: something's up. Something's up. When 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 Sam's on the phone, Jake is like, hey, Holly, I'll let you go. Just tell me, is this his voice? Is this the guy who hired you? Just listen to his voice. And she's like, yeah. And then she leaves.
1: Right. So that confirms that
0: Sam's behind it. Sam's the creepy guy. Right. Well, he's one of the creepy guys. Yeah. Jake's the creepy guy. Well, yeah, exactly. And then this... There's three creepy guys at this point. There's Sam, there's Jake, there's native american there's also maybe you could say the weird kind of mime guy the the guy that was mouthing the lyrics to the yeah <laughs> he gave it, off creepy just vibes a tiny bit i mean he's he's very low on the creep factor compared to yeah the, compared the, to everybody else here
1: but and, and then we're now getting kind of introduced to an extremely convoluted <laughs> murder plot yes that was for me at least first time watching pretty hard to follow uh and fully understand yeah. <laughs> And it's funny because yes. it seemed like after, like, even when when he asked her, is this his voice? I was still like, oh, wait, he thinks it's him. And then when it was him, I was like, okay, so I don't really get what <laughs> what's happening here. But he, like, figured it all out from that.
0: Yeah. There's a couple twists here. There's one still to come.
1: Right. I mean, he, like, figured... A lot of it out though he figured more of it out than i would have <laughs> that's for sure
0: yeah because he because he calls the cop up and says like hey yeah and then he ex- that's what i'm talking about is- sam yeah and, and this is like he's given the exposition i was following it along following along the first time i saw it i think some of it surprised me some of it didn't but yeah you're right it's out there yeah but he's like sam is gloria's husband sam is whatever i don't remember gloria's last name And I don't remember the name of the husband. The the, the husband we had only heard by name. It is Gloria Revelle. Revelle. Okay. Sam is someone Revelle. And and he hired Holly to pose naked in his home in order to get a neighbor who he knew would be there to watch so that the neighbor who knew he would be there watching would watch on another night when someone killed gloria because holly was not there that night it was actually gloria getting killed obviously
1: well so what i'm saying is i i get that like i I I understood it when he said it right but Mm -hmm. i never would have put that together (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, he he pieces it to. I mean, in movie fashion. You know, we got to get this story moving. Well, yeah. I guess, but yeah, no, that's fair. That's a fair.
1: I, mean, <laughs> I was just like, oh, fair when he said that, there. I was like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. It's crazy. It's 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 crazy, and
0: it gets crazier too. Because it sure does. so Sam hired this Native American guy apparently, and the cops still Don't not me. really sure what to make of it. <laughs> right at this point, Holly is now hitchhiking, leaving this gorgeous UFO home. And she gets picked up by the Native American in his pickup truck. Mm -hmm. Then Jake needs to get to the police station to talk to the guys, even though he told them stuff on the phone. He said, like, okay, come over. So he's rushing in his car. But then there's a big traffic stop ahead because there was an accident. And that accident was there because it was people that were swerving to avoid picking up holly right this itself is a little convoluted because there's a couple people driving by the first people they just like don't stop for her second people like swerve to avoid her and then the native american stops to pick her up right but at this point there's already a crashed car up ahead and she's like oh my god they need help and the native american just like gets driving but we now see that they're also stopped at this same like where this accident was so i don't know you know however long it takes the cops
1: to get out there yeah it was that I, truck I, yeah. was just sitting there for a while a little
0: bit you know a little bit of a plot hole maybe
1: plot hole or just a confusing writing choice
0: maybe a bit of both maybe a bit, maybe of, both. A yeah, bit yeah. of
1: both i would agree so the native american and
0: holly are stopped at this traffic thing and so is Jake a few cars behind them but he notices that it's the Native American he notices that he picks up a crowbar and he hits Holly in the back of the head with it and he's panicking he jumps out of the car he tries to get the cops attention the cops then try to arrest him and he just runs off chasing after the Native American.
1: This was one of those scenes there's always a scene like this not always but a lot of times in horror movies there's a scene where someone if someone would have just believed what the person was saying someone wouldn't have died You know what I mean? This was one of those moments where, like, the cop was really annoying me in this scene where he was just like, can you at least look over there?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Like, if someone was
1: like, I just saw someone get murdered right there in the car, you would think, okay, I will at least have someone look look." (laughs) and see, you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair, because there's, like, four
1: cops there. Yeah, you could at least get someone else to look while you, like, hold this guy down.
0: They also don't really chase after him when he just runs off, but they also, I mean the truck drives off the native american drives off too so it's not like they you know whatever so they go to this like reservoir area Mm -hmm. again very la locations yep these filthy filthy reservoirs
1: give me give me a chinatown vibe kind of
0: so we're in this reservoir i guess he's got a pre-dug grave because otherwise he dug that grave really fast i assumed it was
1: pre-dug but Yeah, you're right. I
0: guess they don't show it. So Holly, the Native American guy has put Holly in this grave. Right. And Jake sneaks up, hides behind the truck. But then the dog, the white German shepherd in the truck starts barking at him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wait a second. Like, oh, my God, that's the same dog. But he's also like, I mean, more immediately, he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then he gets attacked and he gets thrown into the tomb. Right. Then we have a weird flashback i guess the dream imagination sequence because he's in his vamp because the movie of course opened with him in a tomb in a grave right as in this vampire movie so we're, we kind of cut back to that and then he learns i guess that that was the, the scene powers. i was talking about okay yeah well yeah because it does it's reincorporation it does come back well it's yeah, like cause him it,
1: fighting it because like wh- yeah
0: he he learns to fight through yeah. his claustrophobia
1: i guess and i think that was a really weird but cool way to do that i guess it finally pays off
0: yeah that's fair i just i just think the depiction of it in the scenes where it shows up is yeah just i really mean that makes top. sense
1: i just think that i think this scene uh did it well
0: yeah it's a good scene he fights through it he fights the native american guy And then pulls off his face, and we find that this very, very ugly face is actually a mask or it's makeup, whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, and by this, I mean, did he? Did you? I, I I, I knew. Did you think it was
0: a mask from the
1: beginning? (laughs) Yes, but no. Well, well, I, I don't know because I mean, I could tell it was special effects, but I just assumed they were trying to make someone look monstrous.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, because I think it could pass as that.
1: Because it was like the 80s. And again, going back to like,
0: is this like the Rondo Hatton type guy? Is this like the 1984 version of like the Rocketeer doing their Rondo Hatton type character? Yeah. You know, is it just that?
1: Yeah, I guess I thought that it was like, like just special effects to make someone look creepy. But then once they started calling it a mask, I mean, it was kind of, I don't know, include me in then. But at first, I thought it was just special effects.
0: It's good makeup. Yeah, it, you can tell it's makeup, but it's really good too.
1: Well, it took like three hours to put
0: on. Apparently, you know, this is Sam underneath this mask. Right. This guy that had befriended Jake is 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 really who's actually Gloria's husband. Was this Native American guy that killed her? So he didn't hire anyone to kill her. He killed her himself. Right. I I get that you don't really think that's like that Native American guy, but like you wouldn't think it's Sam. Right. Like, looks visually, in, in a million years, you would not think it's the same guy from earlier in the movie.
1: See, But I think at this point, I did think that that's what was going to happen, though.
0: Okay, well, yeah, because, yeah. By this point, once it, he yeah, figured I, it I out that it was
1: him, point, I yeah. figured that's what was going to happen. Was it going to be him under the mask?
0: Yes, okay, that, I mean, that makes sense. I'm just talking earlier yeah, like, in the movie. No, I when definitely wouldn't have like, thought that earlier. See this guy. Yeah, yes, I agree. Okay. So then, in this ensuing fight, the dog gets free... And it's on the way to attack Jake, just at, just as it had attacked him before. And it leaps, but Jake ducks, and it takes Sam yeah. <laughs> into the reservoir. Insane. <laughs> where they, both him and the dog presumably die. So the dog, who you were saying earlier, was kind of to blame? for Gloria's death in a way yeah. because he didn't or because he kind of prevented um, Jake from getting upstairs also saves the day in the end albeit on accident and gets its come up it's at the same time and, and dies and, and dies because of that but <laughs> but yeah and, and i suppose we did get the moment but like Jake had a moment a moment earlier was like oh yeah the dog that's why the dog didn't do anything about the guy in the house it's because he it, it knew who that was yeah. yeah so it's his dog and then we kind of end with a little bit of comedy here because well this isn't quite the end but then holly comes to and thinks jake is a weirdo pervert i mean he is a weirdo pervert, he is. But he, she thinks specifically he's into like necrophilia or something yeah. because they're in the grave together and that's i'm I'm glad holly lived i was, yeah, I was you know, too you're kind of worried she's dead and you know she's a fun character she's a, a plucky likable you're saying there should be a character. sequel yeah, you know you she lived through filming Roar. You don't want to see her dying. <laughs> exactly. In this movie, you know? I agree. She lived through a <laughs> actual hell. <laughs> a psychopathic filmmaker's <laughs> <laughs> attempt at mass murder. She deserves to make it through this movie.
1: Yeah. I thought this was a weird ending, all in all. Well then the, then
0: the movie actually ends yeah. because he's back in the vampire movie and the movie ends on a shower scene. Where the the movie ends, like th- these last two scenes, right after the dog takes out the uh, the uh, killer, uh, right after the dog takes out Sam, uh-huh. the movie has two big comedic moments that aren't really like yeah, th- they feel kind of at odds with the rest of the movie because in the shower scene, it's it's him in vampire makeup, but then they have to like take a break, they have to take a cut because the woman has to get out of the shower, so they they like position this bar so that they know like where his hand needs to be.
1: And where she needs to be when she comes back. And it's just yeah. like
0: it, it the credits start going over this, but it's just like what what are we doing? This is that's, a little weird. That's
1: what I thought was like just so strange about the ending. When the credits started rolling, I mean I was like, Okay, yeah, I get the movie wrapped up, but that's the ending that they went with. <laughs> it's nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is it is odd. It's a little too playful, but but anyways, fact, what did you think of Body Double?
1: Thought it was great. I was into it. Maybe my favorite De Palma movie that i've seen
0: i was always a big untouchables fan when i was younger i that movie doesn't hold up as much for me Uh when i see it now mostly because costner sucks right okay kevin costner's a terrible actor he must have had the best agent in the world because he had like a four (sighs) or five year run where he had the untouchables no way out bull durham field of dreams dances with wolves
1: and some of those movies are good
0: like some all-time classics some incredible movies but like he's bad in every single one of them except for dances with wolves which you know he directed so i think he's fine and bull durham credit for that but but i kevin costner sucks not that craig wasson is that good i thought he was i think he's he's okay he's He's i think a better performance would have elevated this movie a bit though maybe he's not bad yeah I liked him. He's better here than he is in Elm Street 3 because he's... Well, again, that character doesn't leave him. That character basically just asks questions the entire movie in Elm Street 3. Here, this character's a pervert, and it's kind of neat, kind of fun to see him (laughs) doing his pervert things because we're, like, kind of empathizing with him, but also really, really creeped out by him most of the time. So that's kind of an interesting, you know... It's interesting for sure. Yeah, I agree. He's great in the scenes where he's, like panicking like the scene where he's sprinting to the house and getting those joggers to come like that yeah and even so real to yeah, me even
1: though i know you're not crazy about the claustrophobia scenes i think he did them pretty well like his acting of i, I think
0: for me it's more the
1: it's the music that's just too much But i think I he think did a good than, job you know, of portraying someone who's like <laughs> going through a crisis an internal crisis you know during those scenes
0: I mean, I've gone through my share, and I don't disagree. He's
1: no Bill Maher, but he's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, Bill Maher's uh, One of the greatest handling of the comedic scenes yeah. might have been a little better. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably, maybe. Yeah, it, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I like it too. I think it suffers a bit, and I will say this in another De Palma movie, Dressed to Kill is a bit like this too, Uh huh. where two movies are very similar in that they're A- The big twist at the end has a chance of being ruined right at the beginning if you just kind of see through makeup. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Dress to Kill, I think it's even easier because you can actually tell who the actor is, unfortunately. Uh Uh-huh. But they're also a bit too... Hitchcock Amaji for my taste. I love Hitchcock. He's my favorite filmmaker of all time. No offense to David Dakota. plenty of offense to Rick Sloan. I mean, I he's I love him. I've seen so many of his movies. Vertigo and Psycho are both in my personal top 10 rear windows right outside of there. Uh-huh. Really? And I mean, like De Palma, uh, he loves Hitchcock. I love Hitchcock. Argento loves Hitchcock. You know, a lot of so many filmmakers have been inspired by him. This is probably as good a Hitchcock homage as you will find out there unless you're a big high anxiety fan of course Uh but it could be a little more original I guess it's it's a little too vertigo in its plot yeah I do like the just the kind of the updating of Hitchcock though Hitchcock for the 80s the sleazier seedier Hitchcock that to me is really interesting and really great yeah I
1: agree I would say that Of the De Palma movies I've seen, this is probably the best, but I would also, a little tip of the hat to to snake eyes <laughs> you need to see that one that was pretty good maybe i do
0: yeah i'm i'm a, i'm a, this dress to kill the untouchables i like all three of them and mission impossible is good too equally i don't like the first mission impossible all that much it's okay it's, it's, better, it's i like the it more movie, than Scarface. it's the weirdest like one Scarface. though i haven't seen blow out i haven't seen that either which i've heard really good things about blow out
1: but they also did carry
0: that's right i forgot he did carry yeah carry Car- 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 is just about up there with for me for with body double the untouchables and uh and what was the other one uh Michael spoilers the Michael Kane one um, um the um the, the the woman from Carrie's in that the bully Sissy Spacek No the bully um the one from RoboCop I don't remember. I I named the movie like ten times earlier. Why can't I think of it right now? Well, you know, you're gonna have to squirm through it. 1980 didn't come out in '84. I don't. I don't care. No, it didn't. But I named it earlier. You you were listening to me. What was the name? No, I wasn't paying attention. It's it's the one that I said. It it has the has the same twist ending that you can see coming from a mile away. You can see through makeup. Um, I do like the dress to kill. Dress Dress to 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 kill. kill, Yeah, you're right. Well, I haven't yeah, seen it. Uh, so all those those are that's grade A, De Palma. Gotcha. So body double, very good. We're in agreement. We're in agreement. It's very good. Well do you do star rating? Barbara on Crampton this? brings Stevens cameos. Great stuff. Yeah. Barbara Cra- I just like can't get over how amazing i it's it's a two-second scene but Bar- barbara crampton looks amazing in this movie yeah. <laughs> not to sound like the creepy pervert in this film but i mean it's it's true i agree oh if, if only i were a severed head
1: do you do star ratings on here or what no we just, we just say saw, it's uh, good or not okay. we don't just making sure i don't have yeah. one prepared
0: seven stars out of seven and a half i'm going with okay i'll agree with that so The ghoul gang is back. Or what do we agree on? The ghoul... The ghouligans? Ghouligans. Ghouligans.
1: It is ghoulies time. So first of all, ghoulies, what you gotta know is that it came out in 1984.
0: (laughs) Right off the bat, we're starting with a lie. We've gone over this. No, it... Well, it it kind of came out in
1: 1984.
0: Venice International Film Festival 1984. Yes, it was an official selection. So there you go. Who directed this movie? Luca...
1: Or Luca... Bercovici.
0: Exactly. Foreign name, perfect... The only other movie... (laughs) Filmmaker to
1: to enter a film at
0: at Venice or at Cannes or something.
1: The only other movie I know that this person made was Rockula. So... (laughs) 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 Is that a
0: Brink-Stevens
2: movie?
1: It could be. It really could be. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a feeling it is. Actually, I don't. I don't know anything about that. I've never heard of it until now. I mean, I, I've never seen it, but it's called Rockula, and it's made by Luca Bercovici, who brought you *Ghoulies*. So let's let's just get right into it. We open on an occult ritual, and for starters, I just gotta say I'm glad we see the Ghoulies right out the gate. You know, not a yeah, because not a lot of movies this like is this going to be.
0: Ultimately, my biggest complaint is that there's not enough ghoul- ghoulies. Uh-huh. and I think that's probably a common complaint with this movie.
1: Yeah, but I, but I we
0: do we do get them right away, but they don't they don't really do anything until I I, I checked the timestamp on HBO Max It was 57 minutes in is when, <laughs> their first attack scene, which is way too long. Yeah, I mean for a that, movie. but they're
1: in the movie a good bit before that. They just yeah, that's don't really true. Do they, they're
0: hanging around. They're they're in the they're in the background. But I kind of like them they're just hanging not around, not really doing anything. Because they're kind of just hanging around in this scene.
1: Yeah, they are, and it's it's weird too because they're not. There's no like no one mentions them. I mean, obviously it's explained in a way, but <laughs> yeah, no one. But it's like <laughs> they're just there. They're, they're no just one acknowledges sitting around. them. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, well, here let's... their
0: first big scene. The 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 um the, th- the whole thing is that no one can see them.
1: What do you mean? Which scene? When
0: when they're hanging out at the dinner
1: party. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Because they all everyone's got wearing those on.
0: glasses. They're like. <laughs> I can't I can't see anything in front of me. And so it's like, that, oh, that's why they're not reacting to the ghoulies. It's just really weird that you yeah, we would write the scene to have ghoulies at the dinner table and not do anything with it.
1: Yeah, that was really strange because they didn't really need to be at the <laughs> dinner table. No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so yeah, we open on a cult ritual. So this is, we're immediately introduced to Sting and and Jack Nance, who are, they're playing the characters named Malcolm Graves, who's the, the, like, a cult leader guy, and Jack Nance is playing a guy named Wolfgang. Um, Now, right off the bat, I have to say this is not Sting, but he does look like Sting. But anyway, so we got uh, Sting and Jack Nance here, right? Playing characters named Malcolm Graves and Wolfgang, respectively. And Sting is trying to sacrifice his baby, but it's a Halloween Six opening, basically. But lightning shoots out of the baby when he tries to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> well,
0: there's specifically there isn't there like a necklace thing? That isn't there is ne- later. I like just like to say right off the bat. The opening scene doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm not a ghoulies. I haven't seen this movie a thousand times like you. Uh huh. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It's also, I can't stress this enough. It's an insane way to start off what's essentially just a rubber puppet monster movie.
1: I have to say that I have seen this movie a hundred million times. And right. this is still a very confusing scene. <laughs> like
0: Gremlins does not open with an occult ritual.
1: No, I mean that's. And why again, I, I'm
0: not saying this movie is a ripoff of Gremlins.
1: Yeah, personally, I and never it saw has that the with Ghoulies. Facade. Honestly, with any of the Gremlins ripoffs, I I get that they're little creatures, so that's like the ripoff element of it. But the movies are like not similar at all. Like none of the Gremlins ripoffs are really similar at all to Gremlins. I feel like for the most part. Mm, I don't think Critters. Yeah, is. I
0: would say I would say Hobgoblins' closest comparison is probably Munchies, right? <laughs>
1: Ah, maybe. I don't know. I I still don't really think is
0: Critters is very much its own thing. Yeah. And Ghoulies is, yeah, it's sort of its own thing. I I mean,
1: Ghoulies is is its own thing in the sense, but it changes every movie what its own thing is. But none of them feel like Gremlins movies to me. (laughs) But either way, so yeah, he tries to sacrifice the baby. Lightning comes out of the baby, so Jack Nance takes the baby and goes to get rid of him. And then this like segment get
0: rid of him. He goes to save his life, but well, he's supposed to get rid of him though. But then then he finds the baby dead, wrapped in plastic.
1: <laughs> She's dead wrapped in
0: plastic i would like to point out this is the first time i've seen well i guess i, I haven't seen a race ride in a long time but i want to say this is the first time i've seen jack nance talk normal in a movie does he talk normal though really in this movie? in comparison to twin peaks because he has yeah, this like of. really odd delivery in twin peaks and he has it in i think in well, I don't. He has a really small role in Blue Velvet, but like he's always got this.
1: He's this weird.
0: I feel like he's still kinda he still kind of
1: talked like that in this movie, though. Personally, I,
0: uh, was he the narrator though in those couple of scenes when we get narration? <laughs> yeah, that was just a normal <laughs> a,
1: narrator. He says like like one sentence every time, though. <laughs>
0: yeah, but but it just sounded like a normal narrator guy. It didn't. It didn't. I have that, agree. classic jack nance you know when he um, shows up later in the
1: percolator kind of (laughs) there's a fish in the percolator but in the very end i feel like he does talk like typical yes yeah he
0: gets more jack nance at the end that's i think that's true
1: but anyway so this segment ends with sting killing his wife by making her chest like a bulbous Bloody mess! Like they don't really. I thought something was gonna come out of her chest because he like, yeah, he like, it's like a ghouling.
0: He's gonna pop out,
1: but nothing, nothing happens. She just, we just hear a splat noise and see a ghouly covering his eyes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we get the. Do great the ghoulies theme. have
0: names? Because they're different. There's different kinds. There's of different them. kinds different. of ghoulies.
1: They have names for the types of ghoulies, but not names. Okay,
0: they're right? Not yeah. Okay, so it's like a puppet oh, master. How I have them all Blade, written down, though. Don't worry. There's Leech woman, and there's um the jester or whatever. Six
1: shooter. Six shooter. Pinhead. Torch. But uh, I have them written down, and I will get to them when they're uh, when they're summoned
0: because I have a favorite one.
1: Is it the water ghoulie? Is, is it the, the green one?
0: No, I mean, that's that's the signature ghoulie, because yeah. in
1: Ghoulies 2, that's the giant one, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, I think he's kind of the, he's the blade of the series. He's the I, signature I Um, I am I think my favorite is one of the furry ones. The furry one with kind of the round face, not the furry one with the snout.
1: Is, is it the one that's like snot-nosed during that scene in the basement? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. He's in this scene, but the, I think the effects are, are. I think they look really nice in this movie.
0: Here and there, I mean, effects like this, and I mean, this is true even of Gremlins, which is a far more professional production than this is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're puppets. You know, sure. And this one, you you know, maybe a little more often than Gremlins, but like for the most part, it's pretty good. There's some good articulation. This is uh, this
1: is John Carl Beekler, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is because he would he would direct the third one.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So John Carl. Buechler who he's kind of the um there's there's a, I mean if you're not a horror fan this won't make sense to you but there's like six or seven like makeup effects artists in horror movies horror history that are like really significant and you know their names and it's like yeah. when their name is attached to something that means something that means something to horror fans it means nothing to everyone else you know, yeah there's Tom but he's a big one for sure Greg Nicotero there's Howard Burgers screaming mad um, George Kurtzman Robert Kurtzman? There's two Kurtzmans, actually. No, no, there's two Jaegers. Excuse me. Kevin Jaeger.
1: And Screaming Mad George. And
0: Screaming Mad George is a good one. I think Beekler is—he's sort of, kind of on the outskirts of that group. I think he's like the lowest budget of those guys, but I mean, he, he does a—he gives a professional product yeah. each time. It's just he—I think he worked in smaller movies for the most part. I mean, he directed Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven. He did yep. the um—the slamming the head against the truck in Halloween Four. Like he's mm-hmm. had some. I think he's—he's. He's, uh, I think he's involved in Reanimator. I think he was. So so I th- he's had some kind of um touches of the bigger stuff but like his his kind of signature stuff is like ghoulies and like troll right you know whereas like savini you have like day of the dead and friday the 13th the final chapter and it's like okay that's what tom savini's doing you know rick baker's got an american werewolf of london and the howling i think Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like Beekler's probably kind of like maybe he's a little bit of a tier lower than you know the all-time greats in that field, but like, he's still a big name in the genre. He, you know, he, yeah. he, there's a, if not a quality, there's a, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a quality of work that yeah, you kind of associate with it, with his, uh, with his name.
1: But then right after that, we get the great theme song from Richard Band, which is a really, really wild theme song, honestly. I was
0: going to ask cause we talked last time about the Richard Band reanimator theme. Yeah. Which is just Psycho. Is this something else or is this i don't really original
1: no i think it's original i mean i've heard a lot of richard band scores and most of them aren't (laughs) rip-offs it was really no no i know i know they're
0: not but the reason i'm I'm asking yeah because reanimator is just like what what is this and it's like not only are you completely ripping off a score you're completely ripping off one of the most memorable film scores ever it's like if a movie just opened with the star wars theme it's like what what are we (laughs) richard band's version of the star wars theme it's like what are we doing here no, the reason I asked this is, like, I think I knew this theme song before I ever saw Ghoulies, and yep. that's
1: really weird to me. It might have just been, you know, that Ghoulies ingrained in your brain.
0: Yeah, because it's like, I understand, like, knowing the Jaws theme before you see Jaws, or the Halloween theme before you see Halloween. Knowing the "Ki Ki Ki ma, 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 before you see Friday the 13th, but, like, Ghoulies is, like, a weird...
1: Well, also, though you've seen other movies that Richard Band has done score for. It kind of sounds similar. So there's probably a few that sound just like this one.
0: I I like this theme. This theme is very, um, it's appropriate for the film. Mm -hmm. It's very um, low rent Danny Elfman. I would say it's like, you know, this is the richer Band version of like a Danny Elfman thing. This is before Danny Elfman was doing big film scores, of course, but I'm thinking of like the Beetlejuice theme or his theme for Tales from the Crypt, which I think is a fantastic television theme score yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's really playful, but it's got a little bit of that dark kind of horror edge to it. But it's also like kind of a horror edge that's, like, appropriate for children kind of thing. You know, it's it's like a kind of family-friendly yeah. version of, like, a horror theme.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it works really well in this movie. And then, okay, so, yeah, we get voiceover from Jack Nance right in the beginning. The, and I thought, when I was rewatching, I was like, I don't remember that happening that often. And sure enough, it only happens three times in the whole movie. Yeah,
0: I was going to say two or three.
1: And they're all one sentence, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so they're all really short. And then, uh, so now we know that the baby is a grown man named Jonathan and he's inherited his father's house uh, who has died an awful death, but it's never explained how he dies or what. And then he immediately sees his, his grave and then introduces his girlfriend, Rebecca, to Wolfgang, right. who just creepily shows up behind her. And then literally, immediately, Jonathan is seduced by the house. <laughs> like, his occult, it's occult powers. Like, no Have you time ever passes. seen... The movie The Screaming Skull? I've seen it before, but... I watched... It was on, like, a, a thing that had a million old movies on it. And I yeah, exactly. That's where I first saw
0: it. I had a 50... I bought one of those 50 horror movie packs basically just because it was four ninety nine. and Night of the Living Dead was on it. I, I so got it was, this.
2: I think I'm we have the $4.99 same one. paying
0: for a bad quality of Night of the Living Dead. I'll take it's, it, you know?
1: Yeah, that's what's been disappointing about that set is, like, every time I go to watch a movie, it's, like, literally the worst quality possibly. Almost unwatchable. But,
0: but House on Haunted Hill was there, you know? Yeah. So it's not, like... I mean, there was more than just Night of the Living Dead. Dead for me, but the screaming skull was one of those, and also Metropolis is on there too, which is crazy. Yeah, Metropolis, and I think f- maybe not Phantom, but definitely Nosferatu. Like, there's some actual, like, anything there. that's public domain could be there. Dementia 13 maybe i think francis that ford coppola's first film which is actually surprisingly good i thought mm-hmm. the bat which is like a murder mystery with vincent price but the screaming, no, the screaming skull skull has a very similar setup to this it's, it's remarkably similar to this scene interesting in that movie it's newlyweds i think in that case the guy's previous wife it, it's very um rebecca to, to refer to hitchcock again it's like they, they show up at the house where the guy's previous wife had died and then the creepy caretaker just kind of shows up in, in, the, in the gardens <laughs> and very Wolfgang-like in that. Yeah, it's like very like, and then the guy's seduced by the house is, is really, really similar.
1: But it's funny how immediately it happens in this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like literally the, almost the second he steps into the
0: house,
1: <laughs> he starts like getting into a cult. So he starts immediately like reading all the books.
0: Yeah, Young Frankenstein was more gradual. In the, um... I
1: mean, most movies where someone gets like seduced yeah, by, ass, yeah. <laughs> it's more gradual. This one's yeah. like literally as soon as he gets in there, he starts reading the occult books and stuff.
0: The um Bill Maher making out with Gloria outside of the tunnel was less abrupt than this.
1: <laughs> it, it's true. So then, for some reason, they—well, I guess not for some reason—but Rebecca wants to throw a like housewarming party. I guess since they got this new house, so they uh, invite some friends over, and this is where we meet. Some eclectic, interesting people. Right. By the names of Mike, Toad Boy, Dick, Yeah, Donna, Robin, and Eddie. <laughs> the the, the and, main and six And Dick friends. is Morrissey. Dick is Morrissey, the boy
0: with the thorn in his side himself. And um, which one is uh, Terry Kaiser? I don't know who Terry Kaiser is. The the young t- yeah, the the guy with the glasses the the stoner guy who's always got the glasses on. Uh huh. He looks like a mix between a young version of Terry Kaiser. Oh, I AKA see what you're saying. Bernie. That's Mike. Yeah. Yeah. AKA Bernie. And I'm thinking mostly because
1: they always have the sunglasses he, on Bernie. He's my favorite sunglasses. one personally.
0: He's probably my favorite too. Although I like Morrissey. I
1: like I like Toad Boy too. <laughs> Anyways,
0: there's a young Terry Kaiser mixed with Dana Carvey. There's a, there's a Dana Carvey there too.
1: You got to love that one of Dick's first lines is, they call me Dick, but you can yeah. call me and then he opens up a beer and says dick
0: and you got to love that he's hitting on future star Mariska Marissa agate yeah and i know it's this.
1: it's crazy yeah she's donna
0: which i i actually cuz this is we've debated you know 1984 1985 i she's in an episode of freddie's nightmares from probably 88 I would have, like, put money that that was her first acting role, because she's really young in that. Nope. And I'm mean, like, oh, because th- I, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, that's got to be her first thing. And I'm like, oh, she's in Ghoulies? hmm Okay, and Ghoulies is, like, a couple
1: of years before. I mean, she's that, a very okay. low-key character in this movie she's yeah, not in I mean, a whole yeah. lot but yeah
0: do you think do you think she gets home you know from shooting an episode of svu do you think she's stuck with the ghoulies franchise she she goes home and watches ghoulies 2 on on dvd
1: well she's not in ghoulies 2 though but she's just, well you i know, know but, but um,
0: do you follow the franchise after you <laughs> yeah
1: graduated from i'm gonna it? say definitely in her case or do you
0: go the kevin bacon route and never talk about any of the friday the 13th movies <laughs> pretend you weren't in, in it <laughs>
1: I wonder if Matthew McConaughey ever talks about Texas Chainsaw 4. He does. There's an interview
0: really? of him. He he like laughs about it. And, and he said, because, yeah, he was growing up in Texas. And so it was like a, it was a dream of his to be in a movie like that. I
1: always wonder about that. Because you would think that he would be embarrassed by that because people hate that well, movie. I think but Renee Zellweger is
0: really... probably embarrassed by it. But, but he's really good in that movie. Yeah. I think well he's good in a like a completely insane like this isn't traditionally good acting but this I, guy is I think just he just une- goes it's kind of like he, Jeffrey Combs in reanimator
1: is he goes like, all is, the way in yeah that movie. exactly
0: it, you know anything less would have been far less watchable. I
1: get people not liking that movie but I, he's he's crazy in that movie like I I think he's great it's in
0: it. watchable because of him it's a terrible movie otherwise but he makes it entertaining I don't
1: know, I think that movie's awesome <laughs> It's just so nuts that's that's a cocaine fueled movie. yeah, then Mike does an incredible dance where he's just, just like spazzing around on the floor, and everyone looks mm-hmm. like they're really into it, but for some reason his Close friends all look worried, <laughs> even though he's, yeah. he's just dancing. And then he so like hits the head. <laughs> and then they're worried he hurts himself. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they kind of justify it, <laughs> I guess. But they had no reason to be alarmed before that. Yeah, exactly. It's very weird. Uh, Toad Boy is fucking insane. Uh, I had to say that. Toad Boy is the, like, nerdy-looking one, kind of. He's the one wearing a vest. And okay. he's the one who just, like, he talks normal, and then he just randomly turns into this Toad Boy guy, like, where he starts doing a voice. You remember that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> just so, saw
2: a
0: movie, and it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that was in there.
1: So after that, they're trying to figure out what they want to do, and Dick holds out a condom and says, Strip poker. Ha ha ha. It's just a really crazy line from Dick.
0: Does he put that on to give him an advantage in strip poker where he has an additional thing to take off? <laughs> Perhaps.
1: Is, is that what that's about? But instead, Jonathan forces all of his friends to take part in a ritual <laughs> to conjure up a spirit. And right. The rituals... Does he know what he's doing at this point? Well, what happens is he's he's doing it, and she says, how do you know how to do all this? And he says, I don't know. Like, sort of like he's being guided by the house, right. almost. Right,
0: because eventually he's, like, possessed, but he's not really possessed here.
1: No, I think he's just, he's been reading about it, and he just kind of has this weird fascination with okay. it. Okay but anyway the ritual seems you're free to, to be, interpret it though. yeah the, i think that the film is you are free to interpret the entire movie <laughs> in different ways but it seems to be a failure the ritual so everyone leaves but they do unbeknownst to them conjure up a freaking ghoulie which is weird because there's just one ghoulie that they conjure up at this point mm-hmm. um, but robin has gone missing Which, like, she just, like, isn't there when they are... Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, no real setup to it, just, she's gone.
1: And here's a fun fact, Ralph Seymour plays Toad Boy, okay? Ralph Seymour... Is Is that the end of the fact? No, 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 Ralph Seymour is in Fletch playing a junkie living on a beach with Larry Flash Jenkins who is in Body is Double. Is that George Wendt? No, no, no. It's George Went lives on a beach. Larry area. Flash Jenkins is the actor's name. Okay. And he's in Body Double. He's like the oh. s- second in command to the director. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a Fletch connection, guys. There's uh, a Fletch connection. Ralph Seymour was in a movie with Larry Flash Jenkins. That's the bridge between Ghoulies and Body Double. But, the, but it's funny because Larry Flash Jenkins is not in a lot of things. Ralph Seymour is only in like four or five things. Okay. Fletch is the movie that, you know, is the median for all of other movies, they say.
0: Six degrees of Kevin Bacon's retired. It's six degrees of Fletch. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: so while looking for Robin, Mike and Eddie discover a giant clown doll. This is one of the weirder things <laughs> about the movie. They look in the closet. Is this
0: clown racist to you? I
1: didn't think so. uh, In there's a Charlie Chan quality to it. I didn't think that. No. (laughs) Look at the eyes. It's. But hey, look. Maybe maybe I wasn't paying close attention.
0: Well, I mean, you've seen it four thousand times. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, I, I've I've never thought that. No. Looks a
0: little Peter Sellersy or um, uh, what's uh, Mickey
1: Rooney? (laughs) Oh God, I did. I don't know if it. It didn't give me any Mickey Rooney vibes (laughs) from Breakfast at (laughs) Tiffany's. Not even the the fact that it's small. Mm, I guess in that way. Mickey Rooney's a small man. (laughs) He is a small man. But anyway, so they see the clown doll and then they look in the closet and the clown doll like jumps out at them from the closet. So like somehow the clown doll teleported in there, they turn around and it's not in the chair anymore. So this is just one of the many insane things that will occur in this movie.
0: And I want to focus on this scene for a second here because they kind of botched this in editing Uh where this could be a really, I mean, the, the, the clown jump scare is like fine. It's whatever. But specifically when they like turn around to see the chair and then the chair is empty, they shouldn't cut to a second shot. They should keep it on them so that they turn around and we're now looking at their backs and we see the chair is empty. They instead cut to a second shot, which is closer to the chair and the chair is empty. And it's like, oh, that's so much less creepy.
1: I feel like it, I probably would have felt the same way about it either way. I'm, I'm just saying if you're doing a real movie,
0: if you're trying to do like a conjuring thing, there are better ways to do it than <laughs> Than, than this. I just, that's, just, that's just all I got all to right, say Alright, well this. look,
1: you should have told Luca Bercovici this, he could have told his editor.
0: I, you know, if I were alive in 1984, I would. if I were one of the judges at the Venice International Film Festival, I would have docked this film for that, and I would wow. have said, you know what? That's harsh. Amadeus is a little bit better than this.
1: But anyway, they find Robin, who was just standing around outside. <laughs> she like, like, didn't really go missing, she was just kind of hanging out outside, don't really know what happened there, and and then that's it. Then the next day, we're like, that's the end of that day. <laughs> she's just outside. Oh, okay. She's fine. So then we cut to the next day where Jonathan decides to quit school so that he can, quote unquote, clean up the house. But secretly, he just wants to be Sting Jr. So he makes a talisman for Rebecca. And then he just starts really acting stranger and stranger for a couple scenes. Like, he's rejecting food. And he's just standing around by Papa Sting's grave. Right. Right. And then he finally conjures up the rest of the ghoulies like the awesome water ghoulie the incredible rat ghoulie the remarkable bat ghoulie and the incomparable cat ghoulie for that matter and they all pledge allegiance to jonathan and are given free reign to wander around the house <laughs> yeah
0: i think maybe it's the cat ghoulie that is maybe that's the one that's my favorite yeah i don't i don't know he's cat I think, he's bear like I don't, I don't know what he is but that's my favorite
1: one yeah i always they always call it the cat ghoulie i never really thought it looks like a cat at all but
0: that's yeah that's that's the thing, but I'm not really sure what animal I'd compare it to, so I think
1: we're talking about the same ghoulie here. In Ghoulies 3, it's a water ghoulie, a cat ghoulie, and a rat ghoulie.
0: Is the water ghoulie the green one?
1: Yes. Because he's the one coming out of toilets and stuff. Right, and he comes out the fountain in this p- scene. Um, And he comes out the fountain later, too. There's multiple water ghoulies. There's multiple of every kind of ghoulie, which is something that is only happens in this movie, pretty much. Because in the second one...
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: In the second one, there's pretty much just one of each ghoulie. But then there's the giant... And then, then there's the giant there. one, which is a giant water ghoulie. And then in the third one, there are only three ghoulies. So they cut some... <laughs>
0: That's right, yeah.
1: And then in the fourth one, there are only two, and they're actors, like they're not puppets. What? It's Tony Cox and another...
0: Oh, Tony Cox is the
1: guy from Bad Santa, right? Yes, yes, he's he's one of the ghoulies oh, in the four. Oh, he's a
0: ghoulie? Oh, how embarrassing. Oh, no, I feel bad. Yeah, it's it's not... I feel worse for him than I feel for the little people in this movie. <laughs> them
1: yeah. Gringot and
0: whatever. Grizzle
1: and Greedy Gut. We'll get to them. But so anyway, Jonathan somehow makes it rain in his basement and the ghoulies just watch him and snicker. And then Rebecca catches him doing this ritual and she gets really mad about it. So she's like just kind of yelling at him and they still not really acknowledging the monsters running around the house. Well, she clearly doesn't know about them. Right.
0: Exactly. It's just well, he's the ghoulies are, are basically inconsequential to the
1: plot. At this point, they are. Yeah. He tells he tells the, ghoulies, the movie, they are. Well, they kill a bunch of people, though. Sort of. Well, sort of, but they do. I'll explain that later. But anyway, he does tell them that they can wander <laughs> around the house, but they yes. no one can see them but him. Like, no one's allowed to. So, like, right. stay hidden, basically. But anyway, somehow they get over it, and they're about to bang <laughs> in bed the later that are- night no 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 but jonathan and rebecca are about to bang and then he starts chanting like ritualistic stuff while a ghoulie Mm -hmm. hops in bed and here's a fun fact well under the bed well he's under the bed and he hops onto the bed
0: which also there's there's like a it's not a pentagram but there's there's the ritual drawing in chalk underneath underneath the bed bed. did the ghoulie draw that or was
1: that already drawn there i assume the ghoulie drew that (laughs) But I don't know.
0: And is that what makes him do the chanting?
1: No, I think he was in in cahoots with the ghoulies to do this, perhaps. So, like, they may have drawn it with, like, knowing that he was going to do that, perhaps. Well,
0: they're far more in on this plot than I am at this point. I'll, I'll say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they're just working together at this point. Because they're, they, they're he, supposed to be his servants at this point in the movie. Now, here's a fun fact. The score that plays during that part is called In Bed. Dot 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 with Ghoulies. So if you go and look up the score, that's that's a track on there. Is that on Spotify? It is. They actually just like reissued it. It's like the full score, like they've been doing with some of these horror <laughs> movies, where they do like every single tiny piece of of score. So that's that's one in of them. bed with Ghoulies. In bed dot 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 with Ghoulies. In bed with Ghoulies. The the Holly Body story. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. So anyway, she's not a fan of uh, him doing this ritualistic stuff, so she storms out. Right. And naturally, because she storms out, Jonathan decides to summon otherworldly beings named Grizzle and Greedy Gut to help him win her back, <laughs> obviously, as one would do. And at, by this point, Jonathan's eyes are glowing green like stings in the beginning.
0: That's a fun effect, I will say. Yeah. They, it,
1: they do it a lot, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it does the, look the cool. The green glowing eyes. It's, it looks cheesy, but but nice. I like it. So then, when he's talking to Grizzle and Greedy Gut, he says he wants Rebecca back, but he also requests knowledge and power, but he has to perform a ritual to gain knowledge and power. I don't really get what that means. And it requires seven people. (laughs) So luckily, he has six friends and Rebecca. (laughs) So that kind of works out perfect. right? And then Grizzle and Greedy Gut use mind control to get Rebecca to stay with him, kind of like the Force, like she just all of a sudden is... (laughs) <laughs> like just okay with everything she's like my under yeah. mind control So that's, you know, that's going on. And so finally, we get all the great characters from before coming back over for an overnight dinner party uh, where they have to wear goofy glasses, (laughs) essentially make them blind so they can't see. the. Yeah, this is
0: a um, a Mr. Sardonicus type
1: thing. Yeah, that's a great movie, in my opinion.
0: Maybe this is in the IMDb trivia, maybe this is on Wikipedia, but apparently this movie was originally going to be like a Freddy's dead, the final nightmare type thing where part of it was going to be in 3D and part of it is in 2D. (laughs) i didn't know that supposedly they started shooting this movie and they were going to have like an indication for the audience of like when to put on 3d glasses because like Freddie's freddy's dead the movie is in 2d until the climax and when lisa zane puts on the 3d glasses then you think you're supposed to Mm -hmm. supposedly that didn't work out well because theater audiences didn't get what they were supposed to do there were people wearing them throughout the movie and they're like what this 3d sucks right with this movie i guess they were supposed to like if someone's wearing sunglasses this is going to be a 3d scene they ended up scrapping this idea apparently just because it was too much of a hassle probably cost way too much money yeah but that's I think why everyone's wearing sunglasses in this scene, and there is a line that says like, because you wonder because this is when the ghouls start popping up. They pop out of like the turkey or whatever the dinner is. One of them yeah. does, and the other one's there, and no one acknowledges them. And you're thinking like, what the hell? And then one of the guys says like, We can't see in these glasses. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, we why, why do you have us wearing these glasses? We can't see. We <laughs> can barely even see the food in front of us. And it's like, oh, that's why they can't see them. Yeah, which I mean, but why are they wearing them? That's it's what I'm so saying. Weird. It's the
1: most. Well, he they pose it as like it was supposed to be a goofy glasses party. That's just the most insane thing ever. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're doing a goofy glasses party so that you can't see the ghoulies. <laughs> they don't yeah. even really need to be on the table or anything. Who's, could...
0: who's got your favorite glasses? Well,
1: Dick, obviously. Yeah, exactly. He's got, Morrissey, he's, got for the, sure. he's got the... I say, yeah, they come over for an overnight dinner party where they have to wear glasses that essentially make them blind so they can't see the ghoulies. Toad Boy calls Jonathan a prince among earls, which makes yes. no sense. Then Dick wears glasses with a windshield wiper on them. <laughs> yes. got its own little <laughs> note here. Then Jonathan screams really loud and the ritual begins. <laughs> so his friends are all... Just like magically in white cloaks, right? Jonathan keeps screaming. Then his friends scream. Then Rebecca. This screams. next, yeah. This this is the most screaming. Then Grizzly <laughs> and, and Greedy scream. are screaming. Then the ghoulies scream. And then Papa Sting <laughs> pops out of his grave, yeah. <laughs> screaming. And he's screaming. Exactly. And it's like
0: it's like ninety straight seconds of just screaming. <laughs> it's that, insane. This, when he pops it's, out of the grave,
1: that's awesome. That's that that shocks No,
0: I like the scene, but it was just like, oh my
1: god, this is just like it's incredible who did this like this is crazy it's 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 remarkable uh so suddenly after they stop screaming suddenly they're back at the table and everything's back to normal pretty much but th- you can't really come back to normal after that scene, right just you know in,
0: in a movie sense
1: and so the overnight sleep party begins so mike takes off his glasses to reveal more glasses <laughs> then then he says why they repeat an airplane gag
0: yeah, because that's um, Robert Stack in airplane.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does exactly the same thing, pretty much. But then this might be one of my favorite lines of dialogue in the movie. He says he takes his glasses off, and says wine cellar, and then Eddie goes, oh, "Yeah, you madman? Yeah," <laughs> which is like the weirdest delivery in the entire movie. <laughs> which is saying something. Why did he say it like that? Well, I don't. I don't understand. But it, you know, it needed to be mentioned.
0: Yeah, that's that's a pretty accurate summation
1: of that exchange (laughs) yeah just like a (laughs) like it felt like the director told him to say it as weird as possible almost but that probably isn't what happened yeah you can't rule it out but uh by this point sting is back walking around and he is talking to the ghoulies and he's he gains their loyalty because he's their real master or whatever so uh
0: yeah also sting's um his makeup is inconsistent yeah At times he's more decomposed. There's one scene in particular
1: where he looks way different. Yeah. Whenever whenever he's like. It's in the wizard fight. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever he's like, kiss me, my son. And they like do a close up of his face. His face looks entirely different. And then at this point, Dick starts to bang Robin while the clown doll watches him menacingly. (laughs) Then uh, Toad Boy downstairs outside, and he tickles Donna so hard that she drops her bracelet into a fountain. There's just like a lot of crazy stuff like that's always happening. Then when he sticks his hand in to get the bracelet back, first of all, he notices that the water is black ooze, and then he's attacked by the water ghoulies, which there's like at least three. 57
0: minutes in yeah but the ghoulies finally did something well, 57 minutes in well they, i know you love this movie but that is a long time to wait
1: they're doing stuff beforehand they're just not killing people
0: no they're just in the background mostly and there's the screaming is the most they've done
1: no they they're doing the thing with the bed like doing the ritual honor
0: i yeah i guess there's a ghoulie near a drawing of a you know pentagram which may or may not mean that he drew it i yeah okay they're doing something but it also
1: makes well because that's like the first ghoulie that they uh summon that's doing that so there's at least one that's more powerful (laughs) in some way (laughs) I don't get We're just less lazy probably. And then but I mean they can't really do anything until Sting no. shows up because because he's not trying to use them to kill people. And Sting is No, but
0: I also don't understand what he's using them for at all. Just it, his I bidding, mean, sting I, I get, know. but the the, the- uh, other guy, whatever his name is. I
1: think is. just, I think he's using them just to have slaves. I think, I don't think he really had a p- particular purpose for them. He just wanted them to wander yeah. around. Have, yeah. So I, can I, make d- I do don't stuff. know what
0: his end game is in. I don't know summoning. if he even had one. I sort of understand when he gets the, the little people, the dwarfs, or whatever to help him because it's like, okay, now he has a specific thing he tells them to do, but he kind of just tells
1: the ghoulies to do like, I think whatever. he just needed them to complete this ritual for knowledge and power or whatever. But didn't he have the ghoulies before he wanted knowledge and power? Well, no, he wanted knowledge and power. He just didn't know how to do it. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. It's not like the most consistent (laughs) narrative in that regard. Either way. So yeah, the ghoulies are, they're, they're going now. So they, they just killed Toad Boy. Dick leaves Donna alone after they're done banging and the clown doll starts to move, which, you know, is creepy. Maybe Mm -hmm. one of the most, I think, well done creepy things in this movie is the clown (laughs) scenes during this movie. The clown scene and even this next scene with Dick, I think are pretty well done. Well, first of all, before, before Dick encounters the attractive woman, the first thing that happens is one of my favorite, just out of context moments from Ghoulies is Sting. The breaking glass. Sting walking, breaking glass, walking in, and then just screaming for no reason.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just walks and, and also, goes, ah!
1: when, when,
0: they cut to the, when they cut to his close-up, he's in a different location because yeah. you just see the outside behind him, and it's like, yeah, the glass broke, but it's not like you can't see the door there. Yeah. So he's very clearly, they shot that close-up somewhere else. And so they, they
1: actually really did two close-ups, too, and one, you can see the background, so it is even more inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, had to scream, the
1: roar. <laughs> So then Dick sees this attractive woman in the foyer who is actually Sting in disguise. Bit of a
0: lady in lavender in the opening scene of Phantasm moment here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is kind of like that. It's, it's the same thing. It's just there's also a little bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 connection, too, with the tongue. She uses the tongue, which is just like the Freddy nurse in
1: Nightmare on Elm Street three, and it's something that happens in Ghoulies three, kind of.
0: I I just remember Kane Hodder falling in a mop, and
1: well, in, it's, and it's not really like it's not around. really at all like the thing that happens in Ghoulies okay. three, but except that there's a elongated tongue. What they do is they rip someone's tongue out. I mean, you know, Ghoulies three is basically a cartoon. They rip someone's yeah. tongue out and then spin her around so fast that the tongue goes all the way around her body like a hundred times. <laughs> It's, it's like insane, but anyway. So then Dick says another great line: "No doubt about it, Mister Dick, you are a lucky guy." <laughs> he says every line like that too. there's this crazy delivery. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, then she kills him with her tongue by wrapping it around his neck. Which I must say
0: that like strangulations
1: usually aren't as bloody as this, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, like you, you're blood, right.
0: Even though it's a strangulation
1: and a tongue strangulation. Not sure of that. the physiology about it. But, <laughs> no, you know, but it's cool. It works. Mike is knocked unconscious by Grizzle and Greedy Gut, who don't, by the way, don't seem to like the ghoulies. They, like, shoo one away, and then they grab another one. And they do end up using a ghoulie to kill Eddie by, like, they kind of, like, stack themselves up to <laughs> to look like Mike from behind, and then turn around and let a ghoulie just kill him. Uh, and then, meanwhile, Donna sees a ghoulie. Oh, I, I, I like that, how,
0: um, when they're, because... Th- the Grizzle and Greedy Gut are like really small, mm-hmm. like really small. They're like mini-me size. Yeah, they wouldn't have
1: been able to get
0: to to Mike's no. height. No, yeah, them standing on top of each other. There's, you know, it's four it's, and a half feet tall at the most. They're not a six foot tall man.
1: It's basically like any scene in any Muppets movie where Kermit is talking to a human, and he's like slightly shorter than them, but not nearly not enough to be Kermit size. Okay. But, uh, anyway, by this point, Donna sees a ghoulie, like, by the bed, and when she tries to escape the ghoulie, she, uh, opens up the door and encounters the walking, like, life-size clown doll, which, like, puts his arms out and, like, tries to, I don't know, strangle her, I guess? And then slime starts coming out of its eyes, and a giant ghoulie creature rips out of its flesh, which is just fucking nuts that's the craziest yeah. thing that happens in this movie in my opinion because it's I, a
0: fun effect they also yeah hold on it for like a couple frames too long because like the mouth moves really weird right before it cuts to the next scene and it's like oh that was that feels like a mistake great great scene great moment
1: yeah it is cra- that ghoulie looks crazy the one that comes out of the clown <laughs> looks like a like a gill monster kind of like a creature from the black lagoon yeah so by this point, Sting somehow makes all the dead bodies slide towards him, and the is ghoulies- I,
0: I must say, my favorite acting in the entire movie was um, Morrissey uh, as, as like, a dead body. No, I just agree. Just around, that's pretty great. That
1: reminded me of, like, of Bruce Campbell, like, pretending his hand was evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
0: And when you say Bruce Campbell, you're talking about burn notice, right?
1: Of course. I'm talking about burn notice when he pretends his hand is evil. So while the bodies are all sliding towards him, the ghoulies start to run amok. One is playing the piano. One infamously pops out of a toilet, which I believe was the final shot that they got for this movie because they weren't planning on doing that. Right. (laughs) And they just- But
0: they made it as the poster and they're like, this is pretty good. Exactly. And it's a classic poster.
1: It's a great poster. I it think...
0: really is. Like, say what you will about the movie overall, and I know what you'll say about it. I'm talking <sighs> to the general public Right, of course, here. of course. It's one of those posters that
1: stands out to you, you know, in in, a, in this... And it's weird, too, because it's so inaccurate, because the ghoulie on the poster for ghoulies is, like, wearing, like, a nice shirt and suspenders. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no one wears anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, but it's, it's like, one of those,
0: like, horror movie posters that just, like... I'm not saying it's on the same level of classic as, like, a J- the Jaws poster. Poster. sure but it you know i'd put it up there with like maniac yeah i agree the evil dead and you know things like that
1: and i, th- I, I that's why i like the ghoulies 2 poster in my opinion it just improves on that concept
0: off the top of my head i don't remember what it looks like is it three ghoulies out of a toilet no or what it is like here, i'll
1: describe it i'm looking right at it it's the water ghoulie coming out the toilet again but this time he looks okay. like he does in the movie like not like
0: okay not he's not wearing you know uh formal wear <laughs>
1: And then it says Ghoulies on the top of the toilet. The coming out of the top lid is the big, like... I don't even know how to describe it. I think it's something that's only in Ghoulies too.
0: I think I'm starting to picture it now it's that It's this you
1: big, it. weird-looking yeah. Ghoulie, and he's writing 2 in Roman numerals with lipstick yes. underneath it. But yeah, I mean... And then also, one of the, like laziest taglines ever because ghoulies one the tagline they'll get you in the end they'll get you in the end the tagline for ghoulies 2 and it says on the poster is they'll get you in the end dot 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 again
0: (laughs) oh no that is the just the worst because they'll (laughs) get you in the end is is
1: great i mean it's a yeah it is it's like
0: a bad horror movie tagline because you could say that about any horror movie and it it clearly
1: has nothing to do with the movie They, right they don't but get at the you same time the end, you know
0: it's like it's popping out of a toilet and yeah. then they'll, they'll 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 get you in the end is kind of a pun then exactly too. like end as in but right like okay th- so that's how it kind of works but they'll get you in the end again <laughs> that's awful but that it's is, fun it's, it's, it's just ba- so i didn't g- know that was the tag but line. it's that's, great that's, to that's me because
1: it's just the dumbest <laughs> tagline
0: <laughs> i mean it's it's worthy of the movie i suppose if nothing else
1: i mean have you seen ghoulies too
0: yeah Would you say that that one's better than this one? I think most people would. I think I probably enjoyed it more. If nothing else, it's got the human-sized Ghoulie. Yeah, that's that's great
1: fun. So where was I? They're running amok. They're coming out of the toilet, playing piano, blah blah blah. So by this point, Rebecca rips off her talisman, and the Bat Ghoulie flies at her and knocks her down the stairs. (laughs) And Jonathan, you know, hates this. Yeah. But by this point, he's got seven people, so he's going to go complete the ritual for knowledge and power or whatever, but is stopped. By none other than Papa Sting. Papa Sting wants to sacrifice Jonathan's soul to Lucifer so he can have his youth or something. It's something along those lines. And then he like, he Darth Vader air chokes him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Star Wars in this moment. It actually to the point of like levitating him, lifting him up, which I don't think that's in in Star Wars. We get the force choke, but at least in the original trilogy, I don't believe anyone ever gets lifted up by force. choke. I'm pretty sure he does. No, no, because he, he chokes he the guy right. on the ship in the opening right. scene, but that's with his hands. But yeah, no, the, the levitating stuff is really good in this movie. Like it's, yeah, that it's, was cool. It's a simple effect, but it looks good. It's here, and it's earlier in the ritual when he's doing that thing. And it's like uh, shortly after the scream, or maybe it's during the scream. But he like starts hovering up and it looks really cool. Yeah, I agree. The levitating and the green eyes. Big fan, big fan of that
1: stuff. And then he does the like, kiss me, my son scene where yeah, he looks like completely different. In... He goes full Tom Brady. And then he gets a, a scepter in his back thrown straight into his back by Jack Nance. <laughs> <laughs> Go. And this is the moment where you're like, "Oh yeah, Jack Nance yeah. was in this movie." Like he <laughs> we d- haven't he seen did, him in an hour and ten minutes. He did like two voiceover parts, but other than that, he has not been in this movie <laughs> since, since like the probably very
0: fifteen minutes into the movie, and yeah. we're over an hour into it. So he's well, been gone for weird, a long time. Because he's in, and the- it literally got to the point where it's like the spear is in his back, and I'm like, oh. Wait, who saved him here? And I, like, had this genuine, like, I'm like, who could it have been? And it, Was it a ghoulie? Was it exactly. one of the little people? And then they cut to it, and it's like, oh, Jack Nance, that's right. And I, then not only that, but it also it
1: kind of explains he wasn't there. He was, like, training himself to be as equal a wizard as the I mean, the
0: guy. you know, if you, Sure. Sure he was, Well, I yeah. think that's the kind of the point of that, though. I Is it, it's, it's whatever. It's, I think they have that's, a wizard fight. Yeah,
1: but I think that's definitely the point of what he was doing there. Because, like, obviously, there's no indication that he has any, you know. Listen, he was off playing
0: Wyndham Earl in chess. That's what he was doing. Well, yeah, that's true. He's trying to play him to a draw.
1: You'll notice that every time Joanna Ray is the casting director, that there's a person from Twin Peaks in... Whatever movie or show or whatever is, it is. is
0: Joanna Ray like a Charles Band person? No, she's person? a she's
1: a casting director for Twin Peaks. And right, so, but is
0: but does she like does she do a lot of Charles Band no, stuff? Does she do Meridian? No, when she
1: did like Seinfeld, she cast those uh Grace of Doc Hayward and Doc Hayward, yeah. Yeah. In that. And then like she casted I mean this is a, a weird one, but she casted Critters Four, which had Leo Johnson in it.
0: Oh, and Leo, Leo who's Johnson also in
1: Slumber Party Massacre Three. And Leo Johnson is Eric Da Ray, who is like her son or something. Or he she oh. he's related to her in some capacity.
0: Yeah, he's in Slumber Party Massacre Three, I believe. Maybe he's not. And he was arrested for starting this wildfires. Be, this could be a Brink Stevens thing. He's in Silent Night Deadly Night Part Three for sure sure he, i think he's in slumber party massacre 3 maybe he's also in buffy the vampire slayer the movie oh i didn't know that i was watching that recently it's like right after the basketball scene where ben affleck is on the basketball team where we cut to like buffy outside and and leo johnson's on a motorcycle i was like what the <laughs> this movie
1: 1992
0: is not ready for that's crazy. A ben affleck leo johnson collaboration the, it,
1: the it critters 4 one is wild because he's on a ship with like like only three or four other people like there's not, there's hardly anyone in that movie, and he's one of them. <laughs> and another okay. one is Good Brad Dourif.
0: Good for him. I think he's probably the worst actor in Twin Peaks. Just he's about. not great. Yeah,
1: you can no, tell he he probably got casted because he was related yeah, to the. He's cast. very
0: over the top. He's not, I and mean, he can be scary at times, but he's most of the time it's just like I when think he, he can be visually screaming. scary.
1: But yeah, his his like spoken most of the time acting. when he's screaming
0: at his wife, it's like this is an actor pretending to abusive. yeah
1: but there's a lot of kind of moments like that in the original Twin Peaks I mean it's supposed to be soap operay it makes sense I guess well
0: yeah but but a lot of the acting at least feels stylistic like, yeah. like Jack Nance's delivery is insane every line he delivers is like no like well-trained actor would deliver a line that way but it's like it works for the character sure I feel the same way about like folksy
1: Bobby for example weirdo.
0: Bobby look re-watching the series most recently looking back Bobby is a little too over the top yeah but i love it he's one of the best in season three
1: he's great in season three i agree but anyhow let's let's get through to the And we're almost done with this uh the
0: shocking conclusion
2: to ghoulies
1: yeah so he's stopped by wolfgang who throws a scepter at his back and then wolfgang and sting have a badass wizardry duel they both lose and die And, uh, you say badass. I thought it was pretty badass. They're throwing I say... lightning at each other and stuff. It's, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where th- this is a fun, very enjoyable scene for me. But this is also like, if we're talking about this as a real movie, this scene is just fucking terrible like,
1: i mean what do you mean about as a real movie though i don't think i think that's a meaningless you know term really
0: listen we saw one real movie and we saw ghoulies i, th- I think if, if you can't make that distinction i mean I, <laughs> I think that's on you just as much as it's on i don't me, think but...
1: it is i think if you enjoy it you enjoy it's it a, a real movie i don't know i don't think that that well i'm a just like, like oh
0: i'm just saying like higher um, budget like for sting sure. starts shooting lasers out of his eyes yes and it's like okay what's happening right And then, then it seems like only he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Then, then Jack Nance starts shooting lasers out of his eyes, and at this point, I'm just like, "What is happening? I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what's happening."
1: Well, I mean, it's crazy, but a lot of "quote unquote" real movies are crazy like that too. Sure, but uh, that's just I mean, (laughs) (laughs) either way, they have a badass wizardry duel, and they both lose and die. And since the ritual wasn't complete, And I think
0: they imply that the house, like, collapses, but we don't really see it. Yeah,
1: we don't see it, but it's it's collapsing at this point, for sure. Yes. We don't get that shot of, like, no, you know, like a model. No, because I guess they didn't want to even attempt to do that. Which
0: you can do that with a model. Like, like yeah. uh, the movie From Beyond, that house, the exterior of that, is a model, and it looks great. You know, who knows? Maybe
1: they did, and it didn't look good or something. You never That's know.
0: That's true. But, you know, hey, you got Beekler involved buechler blew up a house on friday the 13th part 7 yeah and he hated and it. that that didn't even work out the way they I intended know. it to and, and it still looks amazing <laughs> it,
1: i know i thought it looks great and i was hearing them talk about it, and they thought it was, it went pretty awful yeah
0: and they're like oh my god thank god we had a couple different angles because i think the explosion was too fast for what they wanted and yeah. they were like worried that the camera wouldn't even like capture what was happening and i think the camera's also like from the blowback get like blown over and, and fell that's over and a stuff. really
1: cool moment that is just moments away from being ruined by an awful moment that would end the movie <laughs> um, yes uh, yeah <laughs> but either way since the ritual wasn't completed that un- like kind of undoes the night's events basically and all of his friends are still alive even though they had been previously murdered and so the house is crumbling. So they all run out, get in their cars, and peel off, ditching Grizzle and Greedy Gut at the house for some reason. They're just like still there. Well, they,
0: they don't, I mean, they ditch them in that the, they don't pick them up, but they're waving goodbyes. That It's not like they but want like, it to. Like, why are be. they
1: staying at the house? I don't get
0: it. Well, we're not even 100% sure if the house is collapsing or not. So but even really, still, you like, know,
1: maybe they're perfectly safe. Yeah, but even still, I don't get why they're staying there anyway.
0: Well, why are they staying in this dimension?
1: Exactly. It's not just the house specifically. That's what I'm like, saying. where do they live normally? I have no idea. It's not explained. <laughs> but as they drive away, Mike asks Jonathan and Rebecca what happened, and Jonathan says that, that that life is behind him. It's all over now. Yes. And then Mike turns around and sees Ghoulies in the back seat. <laughs> Thus ends Ghoulies. And then barely reacts to them. Yeah, I think he has a very funny reaction that they, like, hold. Well, he's the only one that reacts to them. <laughs> well, because they didn't see it. The No one else saw right. it. Right.
0: Yeah, I know, but I think for this moment to work a little better this is the moment we're ending the movie on i think they all three need to go like ah or something honestly
1: i i couldn't disagree with this is well in the <laughs> okay most. The, right. the first time i saw this movie that was like the one thing i remembered the most <laughs> Okay. It was just this like this freeze frame, like this dumb freeze frame. Yeah, it is a freeze
2: frame.
1: (laughs) It's just like him with his mouth open, like almost like he's just kind of realizing what's happening, but not like all the way understanding the implications of it yet. Well, and I'm still not sure I
0: understand what happened. So like I relate to Mike in this scene.
1: Well, yeah, of course. He why would he understand what happened? (laughs) Right. But it's just funny that, you know, it's all over, whatever, and then they're ghoulies in the backseat and he's just like still he has like a confused shock face but it's not like all the way
0: yeah it's it's not like a scared face it's like a it's more like a
1: huh i just think that's funnier personally that's what that's that.
0: what i mean it's a, that's what i mean by like barely reacts to them yeah it's no just i agree
1: like, i i just i i prefer that it's this rather than them all seeing it and screaming okay you you don't because what i was describing even
0: though i think that's the kind of the more traditional route you would go if you're making this movie it, oh yeah it, it I is agree. a bit goofier
1: that would be more that, that would you be would more expect. like what i would expect but i think it's funnier yeah. that he just has this like dumb face and that's like what they hold on <laughs> while the credits start rolling
0: well and it's weird that he has the moment too it's weird that we end it on is. a mike moment
1: and i like mike so i'm glad about
0: it. but because yeah, it's like weird. you could say that okay maybe mike's the comic relief but he's not really any i mean, Dick's a, funny goofy guy yeah it's I mean, weird uh, that he is Toad even in boy. the boy like they're all goofy characters and I all agree. the male ones are
1: it, it i mean they really could have picked any of them and it would be weird but it's weird that right. mike is even in the car with them specifically <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. That's another. Yeah. Well, first of all, if you end with the moment of like everybody's leaving and they're all like, hey, what happened? What what went on? And it's like, it's OK. It's all over. And then ghoulies pop up in the back. Yeah. You kind of want them all to be in the same location, but they can't all fit in a car. Right. <laughs> And it's like, so maybe they should have had a van or something. Like a Hobgoblin's van. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Just to get them all in there. But then maybe the frame's too cluttered because it's seven people and then ghoulies.
1: I don't know. It's just a weird... It's 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 weird weird
0: that they leave in three different cars.
1: (laughs) But like at the end of this movie... (laughs) so many weird things have happened at this point you know what i mean right
0: no it's a small complaint i'm just like this is a better way they could have executed
1: this kind of ending gag perhaps but i love it the the silly way that it is all right and thus ends the ghoulies at least the first one and thus begins the, the franchise a franchise of ghoulies that would spawn four movies two the beginning only loosely ties in the second one or the first one there's really like no tie in between the first two honestly other than their ghouls. how is
0: the three tied at all
1: three's like it's no it really doesn't (laughs) but the fourth one weirdly does so See, I have this theory that the ghoulies are aging in the four movies.
0: So they get bigger.
1: Well, not even necessarily bigger. So, like, in the first two, it's basically... Well, in Ghoulies
0: 4, they're actual people. That's what
1: what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, they, they are bigger by the fourth one. But the third one, they, like, talk. In the first one, they look kind of like babies. So that would kind of make sense that they, by the third one, they're like growing. They can talk
0: now. Oh, I did. Speaking of looking kind of like babies, there there was an IMDb trivia piece that got five out of 15 found this interesting. Okay, good. And I'm surprised five did. All right. Because it said like the opening scene. It was under the spoilers section. It was the only trivia thing under the spoilers, but it said, you know, the, whatever character Sting plays, it's like he, yeah. in the opening scene, he's trying to kill a baby. Mm-hmm. Later on, the ghoulies, it's referring to the water ghoulie, looks a bit like a baby. <laughs> That's really good. That's Could you
1: imagine being one of the five people that found that interesting? (laughs) (laughs) That's some really interesting trivia right there. I never thought about it like that. (laughs) We've had better fake trivia fans. (laughs) I've never quite thought about it like that. Then Wow. It sort of looks like a baby. It's got a round (laughs) head and it's bald. I'll give you that. Isn't that something? Those are the only
0: defining qualities of babies.
1: I mean, it does kind of look like a baby. Razor sharp teeth. Babies are known for that. Yeah, they're known for that. I mean, and it's alive, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, this—it's a lot quality to these things. What do you think of the Ghoulies?
0: I, um, this is a tough one. I mean, I I
1: appreciate... Because you're thinking, how can a movie be so perfect?
0: No, no, no. I I, I appreciate a lot of the insanity. Okay. And I think that the moment to me that stuck out probably the most was was the one that you referred to as being particularly crazy one when Sting bursts through the glass doors and just screams for no reason. (laughs) And then we get the weird close-ups that don't match. Like, that is a very enjoyable scene. And I enjoyed the scene with them everyone screaming. Yes. I enjoyed it mostly because it went on for about 45 seconds too long. Right. But you gotta love it. And the wizard fight at the end won me over. It took a while because it started like, what you know, what is this? This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. But then when uh-huh. Jack Nance started shooting lasers out of his eyes, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of on board. Yeah, I agree. Overall, Ghoulies, it's not really my cup of tea overall. Uh-huh. It's not my favorite type of I guess maybe I'm not the biggest fan of this type of movie. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, the rubber puppet monster movies. Yeah. But I'm referring more to like the budget, the style, the era when this movie came out. Like this style of like this 80s kind of direct-to-video type movie. This movie wasn't direct-to-video. This is a a rarer Charles Band theatrical release. As we said, it played at Venice. Uh It made five, six million dollars at the box office, which... For all I know, is Charles Band's most profitable film. It could be, and it's it's not much less profitable than Body Double. Body Double made like ten million, maybe or something like that. So it's like, hey, you know, these movies are kind of comparable in their mm-hmm. box office take, which is kind of weird. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, you know, next week I'll I'll get to this later. One of the movies I'm going to be covering next week is Spookies again i'm excited sort of in the ghoulies vein that's even lesser than ghoulies lower budget dumber not really my type of movie even though there's like aspects to it that might be fun and there's fun monster stuff here there's the plot's insane right there barely is a plot or no i shouldn't say there barely is a plot there's like three or four plots in the movie uh-huh. And the movie kind of joyously goes from one to the other without much explanation. And that, after a while, gets kind of fun. Early on, it's kind of frustrating. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's okay. There are worse, cheap Charles Band monster movies out there. There are far worse. There's probably better.
2: Well, you heard well, it here first. You wouldn't say
0: there are, but, you know, it, it's not a monster movie. Well, it kind of is a monster movie, but Trancers 2 is better than this. Mm, I'll just say it. Um, Trancers 2 is, is a lot better don't than this. I know movies. about that.
1: I, I call these critter pictures okay <laughs> movies with like ghoulies gremlins well, remind
0: remind us again of the big four who are the big
1: okay four? the big four is hobgoblins critters gremlins and ghoulies but then you also it's got... It's so weird that you mentioned Hobgoblins first, but... Well, okay I was just mentioning them. <laughs> I guess I don't know why that was the order I chose. I can't explain it. As you and I
0: have argued before, I argue there's really just a big three. Hobgoblins, to me, is the odd man out. There's no room for it. But it's always Hobgoblins in the conversation. More essential to this genre than Munchie. More, I think more
1: people have seen hobgoblins at this point because it's like considered a so bad it's good movie whereas because
0: of the mr science theater and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah
1: and then i think munchies is like kind of has that but not to the extent like hobgoblins is like a pretty big one
0: munchie has the um weird kind of like connectivity to like i don't want to say a, a but like jennifer love hewitt's in munchie right in munchie or munchies i thought it was munchie
1: i think she is yes she munchie is is the is
0: the comedy munchies is like the, the, the they're the, even smaller they're more like reptilian. yeah they're like munchie puppet. he's like they're
1: more puppet kind of thing yeah
0: munchie's like a flattened face kangaroo it's it's dom de
1: doing just a weird character yeah that's
0: right yeah i mean dom de is like if not an a-lister he's a name Yes. You know, and Hobgoblins doesn't have anything like that, obviously. So it's like,
1: but like, yeah.
0: Critters has names. This movie, I mean, Mariska Hargitay became well, a name. but
1: Critters has names, but like in the sense that like Leonardo DiCaprio was in the third one before he was famous. No, but
0: I, I mean, D Wallace. I mean, I mean, I'm you're yeah. just referring
1: to the first one. D Wallace is in it, and also Brad Dourif in that fourth one. <laughs> Leo, yeah, Leo and, Johnson. and Billy
0: Zane in the first one. I'm a big Billy Zane fan. Oh yeah, he is in the first one. I forgot about that. And Scott Grimes from um from Band of Brothers. Okay. Another th- HBO thing that you can watch right after watching shockers if you want. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, I don't know. Uh so you're saying that this is the best movie ever made then?
0: I'm saying it's fine. You kinda know if Ghoulies is the movie for you. I agree. Already. You know, if if you if you're like, oh Ghoulies, I've heard of it. I don't think it'd be for me, then you're right. And if you're like Ghoulies, yeah, that sounds like a really fun movie, you're right. Yeah. it really is just like you kind of. It is what you think it is.
1: I agree, but also if you thought it was going to be a fun movie and maybe you weren't into it, I think you should still watch Ghoulies two and three.
0: Yeah, well, th- three. I think you need to be dialed into even a
1: different level of schlock. It's though, completely I think. different. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's cartoon. It's like Three Stooges almost that movie. Exactly.
0: You you have to you have to know that going in. There's no horror aspect to Ghoulies. No, not
1: there. a not a single.
0: Yeah, none. This. <laughs> It's like Munchie, Munchie. Yeah. He's a little that's little like monster that's guy, like a family no comedy. Exactly. Munchie. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Ghoulies Three is.
1: I, it's not even family. It's definitely not family. But it it's got the same. Well, there's level. drinking
0: and stuff. Yeah, it's like a, there's a lot But it's of not mood. like a
1: sex comedy or right? anything. It it's it's not turns like a into one. On American Pie. It kind of turns into one. There's there's that like panty raid scene with like a hundred nude girls mm-hmm. in it.
0: Okay, maybe 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 I'm misremembering it. It's not like completely... I didn't didn't know it becomes Road Trip Beer Pong. I'm sorry. Well, it's
1: not completely a sex comedy, but it turns into that a little bit after a certain point. So it's
0: Munchie meets Animal House. Kind of,
1: honestly. it's like three stooges, meets three meets, stooges. yeah meets munchie meets animal house
0: that's a winning formula if i've ever heard one. i think yeah, it's, so I think it's ghoulies great. three i highly recommend i i actually do enjoy ghoulies three a lot i've only seen ghoulies three once i've only seen ghoulies two once i've seen ghoulies now three times three times that's i would good. say ghoulies ghoulies three is my favorite i would
1: say i i, I could get down i that.
0: might you know, i maybe i need to see ghoulies two again i think i'm bumping ghoulies above ghoulies two.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to enjoy it more, but I know a lot of people enjoy that one way, like who don't like the first one. So I think, you know, it's worth at least checking out.
0: So it's worth sticking with the series,
1: it's worth at at least trying it it out okay i think it's at the very least more instantly fun they're at a carnival the entire time
0: well and i, and I would say too that the, if nothing else ghoulies 2 is more the movie what you would expect yes from i agree ghoulies i agree ghoulies and that's kind of what makes ghoulies interesting but also not in in, in maybe in some ways it makes it more entertaining or more engaging uh-huh. but ghoulies is so unlike what you would would expect from a movie called ghoulies yeah i agree out a little bit after gremlins and you know seemingly to cash in on the rubber puppet monster craze of the critters films and stuff like that like it's it's just it's this weird like satan worshiping plot with sorcerers fighting each other it's really weird and that's kind of fun
1: (laughs) yeah i agree but i do say kind of i do (laughs) think that's for me it's kind of fun i think it's the best movie ever made obviously you know, it's tied with the other two Ghoulies movies. <laughs> so, Feck, which of these two movies do you prefer, and why? <laughs> what do you, what do you think? It's uh, it's Ghoulies. It's got to be Ghoulies. It's one of my favorites. You know,
0: is Ghoulies your favorite movie that we mentioned today? Just a reminder, we mentioned Vertigo, <laughs> Mr. Sardonicus, we mentioned I'm
1: Ghostbusters. I'm going to lose all my film credibility and say that it is. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's my, it's not my I, favorite I did, movie I did,
0: I don't know if it made it in the final edit, or if, if it will make it in the final edit, but I did mention the sad hill scene in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, so that I'm going to say that's my favorite movie that we uh-huh. mentioned. But if that didn't make the final edit, I'll say, I mean, it's not Ghoulies, but I'll say it's probably Vertigo. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That's, that's a more valid answer than me saying Ghoulies. <laughs> Vertigo is, 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 I mean, it's... It's an esteemed classic. <laughs> yeah, Vertigo
0: and Ghoulies don't really belong in the same sentence. Yeah. You know, I hate to say it, but... That
1: being said, though, I mean, I wouldn't say Ghoulies is my favorite movie, but it's, you know, it's up there.
0: What is your favorite movie, then? I'm curious. I don't know. I really. I, I, I don't know if I want to know. Yeah, I honestly, I some of
1: my... Uh, <laughs> i'm sure you're gonna pieces? Hate it. is it pieces no it's not pieces i really like blair witch project honestly
0: okay that's a very good one
1: that's one that i always revisit it was one that was like never my number one favorite but my number one okay. favorite kept changing and that one was staying at number two for so long that i decided it's probably it just, just my uh, number eventually
0: one. it was consistently good enough yeah to, like yeah i understand
1: which one did you prefer the most I, I haven't. I, I have a feeling I know what it's going to be. It's body double.
0: I mean, it's a great movie. It is a very good movie. It's it's got a few problems. The the score is kind of overpowering in a bad way sometimes, and I think it's a little a tad too homage-y. Yeah. But it's a fascinating plot it's a weird mystery yeah it's got some really 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 good scenes it's got that killer music video one of the best like we're gonna take a break from the movie and show a music video scene (laughs) i've ever seen especially because it also is part of the plot like you think we're just taking a break and doing the music video right it's great for three reasons it's great because it's just completely random and it's the music video it's great because the song is good and then it's great because it's also just like a great scene and it ends up And it's just such a weird weird scene too. descent into like this seedy porn underbelly of la it's just really great but so yeah i i like body double a lot it's not as good as vertigo i shouldn't have to say that It's but it's very but it's very, very good. It's right like I said, it might be my favorite De Palma joint. Yeah, I see it's Snake certainly Eyes up there. Alright. So Feck. Yes. What do you think of these two movies as a drive in double feature together? Um, Does this work? Does it not work? I
1: mean it doesn't really make sense, but no. they're both kind of crazy and eighties, you know. Both kind of came out in nineteen eighty four. Sort of. So, so a case could be made, <laughs> I guess. But that being said, not really. <laughs> they don't really work together. I'm going to say they work together very well. Okay. The reason being I think they
0: they represent two very different varieties of sleaze. Yeah. We have classy sleaze with body double where it's like a well-made movie, it's a, you know, it's a good movie like what what, you know, I mentioned Basic Instinct. This is a better movie than Basic Instinct. But uh-huh. there's other movies kind of like that where like plot-wise they're incredibly sleazy, but if they're well-made, they're well-shot. Have like real filmmakers attached. Like, uh. you know, you can class up the joint. And then Ghoulies is like sleazy. It's not the, quite frankly, not the
1: sleaze I would expect from Charles yeah, was- Band well i don't think this is I don't a pg-13 how, 13 film i don't think charles band had that much to do with this movie
0: no i'm just but he he's a producer no you're right it's he's not but like i doubt he had listen, anything to do with it honestly he charles band was surrender cinema and stuff and it's yeah. like yeah the dude knows sleaze
1: yeah it's a very very different kind of sleaze than you would expect in this movie yeah it's it's like it's like roger corman and munchie Right? Sure. Roger Corman produced that, didn't he? He did.
0: Like, that's not the type of sleaze you would expect from Roger Corman, but it's like, it's a Roger Corman movie in its own way. It is. And that's sort of what's going on here. It's like, you would expect a different movie in a lot of ways. I would expect, there's a lot of talk of sex and there's like, but... again it's everything's pg-13 there's no nudity yeah which is kind of shocking it's not super violent but it's you get some blood like the strangulation scene that might be the only blood actually you gotta go you get some slime you get some like kind of gross stuff
1: yeah it's it's
0: weird in that way I, I definitely would agree with you on that and you get some fun puppet effects i, I think you, the the variety of the films to me is kind of refreshing where we, we sure. get a bit of everything here yeah i would agree we get two movies that a- end on odd comedic moments <laughs> that's that's true <laughs> very odd in, in i think in both cases and then we get the kind of like a different we get a little bit of like we get tension we get horror we get comedy
1: how about this we get two too... sex
0: appeal we get great music like all of our bases are covered
1: uh, how, and then also they're kind of like two. uh i forgot what i was gonna say
0: well no but i'm just thinking like what in what you want in like a great drive-in kind of lack of a better word, exploitation movie, like what don't you get from at least one of these two movies? No, you're right. You get nudity, you get eroticism, you get comedy, you get monsters, you get blood, you get a drill going through someone and going through a ceiling like or a ceiling slash floor yeah you get dog attacks you get it you all. get bill maher you get you get bill um, maher finally law <laughs> order svu alum risk argate i mean everything all the bases are covered it's it's kind of it's kind of great you get everything you could ever want in life like bill maher <laughs> pretty much you get you get little people it's true you get a music video got a music video you know you're right <laughs> I never i didn't think about it like that everything everything is covered you also get like the polar opposite in terms of music scores where you get this like throwback really really classy one and then you get this it's a Richard Band score. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's Richard Band is like this. I said like a low rent Danny Elfman, like a. Very, I think he's <laughs> like pretty a, good though. Like a Danny Elfman without the full orchestra backing, kind of thing.
1: I do think Richard Band is is a a really good
0: composer, though. No, he's not a bad composer. I'm just saying, like he's clearly working with much less of a budget. Oh, for sure, for sure. Big composers. That's really the big difference.
1: But I did always think it was maybe not sad, but you know, he's like kind of stuck in that world of, like, Full Moon and B-movies and stuff. But his, like, some of his compositions are, like, really good. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, sucks that that's where he's forever going to be <laughs> a part of, you know. But I'm, I'm just thinking, like, even someone like Barbara Crampton,
0: uh-huh. a very, very good actress who's never really been able to break out of B-movies. She's come well, she the closest was in- she's come all her career now when she's in her... Late fifties, early sixties, probably because she's in you know your next, your next, next yeah. and Jacob's wife, which are still not really yeah. a movies by any means, but they're a little classier maybe than Robot Jocks or Robot Wars, whatever yeah. that movie was. You know, sometimes you just have people like that, and sometimes it's it's their choice, but a lot of times it probably isn't. So yeah,
1: that's how I feel a lot of times watching B movies. But hey, it's
0: great to see that. Bring stevens in a very, very small role in Body Double and maybe a very small role in Spinal Tap is able to kind of break <laughs> free from the Slumber yeah. Party Massacre, isn't it? Well, let's not say Slave maybe. Girls let's say Beyond definitely. Infinities. She was definitely in <laughs> All right. Well, we got to bring this episode to a close so we can settle this debate. Yeah. But anyways, thank you for joining me once again, Feck. It's been an honor of and course. a privilege. Listeners, Let me tell you what's coming up next week. So next week, my regular host, Jim, will be back, and we will cover Psycho from director Alfred Hitchcock, who, of course, we've talked about a lot today. Yep, we sure have. Directed such classics as Munchie and... Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College. Of course. And then we've also got Spookies from 1986 from like three or four directors who I'm not going to try and name because that movie is famously a complete fucking mess. So please join us for arguably the greatest horror film ever made and honestly, arguably the worst. Like, I mean, there's a lot worse. There's Terror Tunes. There's worse than, than Spookies, but Spookies is pretty pretty bad. So that's going to be a very interesting dynamic duo next week. Thanks once
2: again for joining us, folks. We'll catch you next time.